Whoa, whoa, whoa. We are live. Hello and welcome everybody to episode number 73 of the Megavision Show, the companion podcast to Megavision's magazine. Today is February the 28th, 2021. I'm your host, Graham Cookson, and joining me this week, he doesn't care who you are, where you're from, or what you did, as long as you love him. It's my co-host, Scotty Moe. And everybody, yeah, eh, rock your body, yeah, eh, everybody, Martin's back. All right. It's the senior to Megavisions, Martin Gulick. Welcome both. Welcome. And we are back once again, live on Twitch. So keep us company and fire off any questions you have here in the chat. And we'll get to them as soon as we can going through the show. So as always, we'll be discussing some of your burning questions. We have our feature discussion. Actually, we're looking at two feature discussions this week, possibly, depending on time. Um, we'll be looking at uh, Blizzard's recent arcade collection release and then chatting about what games we'd like to see if Sega were to release a similar bundle. And also the question of... What if Sega were to make a board game based on one of their top franchises? Which one would we choose? So strap in for the ride that is this week's Megavisions show. Yes, that's it. We are live. We're back. And as always, we'll start with how our week's been going. So, Scotty, let's start with you, my buddy. How's it been going? Yeah, uh, not too bad. I want to say good job avoiding the DMCA strikes, Graham, by just reading lyrics like a Microsoft AI voice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's um, any never chance I could get DMCA for my terrible singing, but thanks, buddy. I, I- <laughs> I don't know. If Metallica can DMCA themselves, then anything's possible, right? True. That is true. That's the world we live in these days. Whew. Yeah. It I appreciate is. your uh, Backstreet Boys themed intro. Damn what you do. Damn what. <laughs> um, good stuff. I don't even remember what you said about mine, actually, because I was just so captivated. Uh, what's happening? Oh, yeah. I did my, my week. My stuff I did mm. and picked up. Um, I... Surprisingly, didn't play too much or do honestly too much this week. It feels like in comparison, um, it's just whatever life. Uh, but I did want to bring up that, and it's going to go into our main topic today. We for Thursday night throwdowns, Corey hosted and we played um, Rock and Roll Racing. We got a four player game going, and it was sweet. Um, that's in the Blizzard Arcade Collection. The def- uh, it's not even in the definitive edition. It's like its separate thing. Is just straight up play four player. Rock and Roll Racing, and it was me, Corey, um, Kusanagi, and H2O Happy Dude, new member of the staff. Uh, we tried to play it all night, but had incredible internet issues. Um, uh. Corey's internet was just dipping; like it would, it'd be like ten up, and then suddenly ten thousand up. Like it was, there was, it was Ooh. just all over the place. Not even exaggerating. So, um, what was cool though is as soon as we started. And we were just kind of getting things going. Uh, Stephen Frost jumped into oh, the Twitch chat. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so he used to work for Sega. Uh, I think, was he the community something with Sonic? I forget exactly. Yeah, I can't uh, remember his actual official title, but yeah. He yeah, also wrote Sonic. for the uh, Dreamcast magazine. He was the uh, editor yeah. of the Dreamcast magazine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's he's he was on the Sega Nerdcast, I think, forever ago, right? 
or something, mm-hmm. wasn't he? Yeah, um, a long, yeah, quite a while ago now. <laughs> Back yeah, in the day. that was that yeah. was post full branding of Mega Visions. Mm. Uh, but we, um, but he was in the chat, and he works for Digital Eclipse now. He that's who put out the Blizzard arcade collection. So it was really cool because at first, like, I recognized the screen name, and I was like, Frost Man, where have I seen that? And I hopped on Twitter. I'm like, oh. Stephen Frost. Hello, sir. Thank you for joining. <laughs> what is up? And let me please ask you about this game because I love this collection. Um, but so, uh, yeah, he just appreciated the love that we were sharing. Uh, and I asked him if he, the announcer in the game, um, Larry, who's basically the characteristic of rock and roll racing, how he's like, uh, Viper is in another time zone. Shrek takes first. And like, and they added a bunch of stuff with this collection. Uh, Cause back then in the 16 bit, it was just amazing to have like an actual vocal yeah. track on a game. Um, but for this new one uh, in the definitive edition, they have new stuff like it, it tying into other games like lost Viking or something. My favorite add on fake ad that Larry yells is um, I'm not going to get it right. Exactly. But it's something like drink Viking meat soda. The only soda that you drink with a fork. Or something like that. <laughs> that sounds disgusting, but cool. Yeah, but um, it, they don't need to, they didn't need to add any of that stuff. But I but I asked uh, Stephen in the chat. I was like, I'm just curious. Did you guys like find the original Larry, or did you get a new guy to come in? And he said it was the same guy that they oh, used awesome. back in twenty some years ago for a wow. Genesis game. They got the same announcer to add some stuff for the definitive edition. So. Um, that was really cool. And, uh, he very much enjoyed seeing us, the love that we were given. And I, I felt like I was totally shilling just cause someone was working on the game, but I was like, I have double dipped on this. This is a great collection. You guys are doing great work, like just gushing everywhere. And, um, <laughs> but yeah, we played that and had incredible internet difficulties, but it was still a lot of fun. That game was meant to be a multiplayer, like yeah. it, it, one more generation and it could have been insane on like an N64 or something. Um, just an isometric four player game. It's kind of, maybe it's just the, the, the size of the cartridge, but I remember, you guys remember the Micro Machines game? The yeah. top down racing the, game? The Codemasters game. I remember Micro Machines, yeah. but I don't remember the game. Yeah. And the, uh, but that had a four player mode and that was on the Nintendo. So I feel like maybe they just oh. didn't have time to fit in a four player mode for rock and roll racing. I'm sure graphically it was a little more demanding than just the top down micro machines game but oh, yeah. um how'd they do what you found the nes they had yeah there is a four-player mode um shit oh. maybe i'll check that during the break i don't dare open my internet while I, I'm talking. i know the uh the mega drive in genesis um micro machines games the cartridges actually had the two extra controller slots in the cartridge oh really actually i might have a I don't copy of one that of at all yeah, if you can keep, find keep that, chatting, I'll, I'll quickly uh, check my Mega Drive collection. One second. That's crazy. I I enjoy. I'm not a racing game fan, but for some reason, I like stuff like that, like Micro Machines or Rock and Roll Racing, Diddy Kong Racing, all the kart racers out there that don't make sense, um, like not physics based anything. But no, that was really cool. Uh, and I honestly don't think I played much else or did much else during this week. I'm trying to remember install while graham gets that but (laughs) so i'll just go to my pickups um i got two pickups this week they popped in the mail it's anamanaguchi's first two releases on vinyl anamanaguchi the pop pop eh, chip tombs pop punk band um and i'll actually pull these out of uh their sleeves here but polyvinyl they recently started getting their stuff distributed through polyvinyl and 
Sorry, that's probably a horrible sound on the mic. Um, <laughs> Very but pleasant. I want to show you guys this uh, because the their first one, Power Supply, um, was their first release, and they did some cool stuff with it. Uh, so that vinyl looks like a, almost Ooh, a peppermint. Uh, it's a splatter. It's white with red and pink splatter on it. Oh, looks um, like that Windows Media Player, you know, like those graphics that go when you're playing a song. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I miss those days. It's really nice. Um, but that that's uh, Power Supply. And then the other one, Don Metropolis. I'm actually really happy that I got this because I do remember um, my buddy Lee... I saw Anamanaguchi for the first time in PAX East the first year that I went. And uh, I remember my buddy Lee was walking around with their vinyl. And that was before I really cared about vinyl. And I was like, ah, that's cool, but I'll just grab their CD. So I did. But now I have the vinyl, too. So it's really neat that they were able to get this repressed. And I'll show this one to you guys as well. um, Because it's also fancy and beautiful. Um, Not a splatter effect, but still really really cool looking. Um, because it is uh, kind of a almost a maroon, but not Ooh, quite. But it is a purple is nice. with orange on it as well. Actually, there's a maroon, purple, and orange. I just noticed holding it up to the light. I didn't see that before, so that's kind of. I always cool. wondered how they do that because I think those kinds of designs are super beautiful looking. You know, uh, you know, more yeah. unique than the classic. You know, just black vinyl. Yeah, like the, yeah. I'm sure you can find a video somewhere out there. I always wonder too. I do know that like. In terms of quality, honestly, the more um, transparent you make them, the worse it sounds, I think, because something like the audio is not as well compressed or something like that than it is on just a black or a solid color. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I understand the science (laughs) of vinyls. But, um, no, it's really cool. I'm very excited that I have those because now I have Anamanaguchi's entire library on vinyl. So, yeah. But uh, Polyvinyl does good stuff. They... Signed on Anamanaguchi and Anaprada uh, Gucci, but Armani. Yeah, so that awesome. is, I think, pretty much my week, though. Yeah, Ooh. I'm trying to look around and see if I got anything else because I need to stop buying stuff. And a quick update to the Micro Machines thing. Uh, I got my copy of not the original Micro yeah. Machines for the Mega Drive. Annoyingly, this is not the version that has that option. Um, oh. So... I'm just bringing it up and out the cartridge. So my copy of Micro Machines 2 and Micro Machines Military on the, on the Mega Drive, they actually have two uh, Mega Drive controller slots there, basically, in the cartridge. Interesting. Um, so the very first experience I had with a four-player game was Micro Machines Military, because that's the first Micro Machines game I actually bought myself. And I thought, this is amazing. But yeah, it turns out the first Micro Machines doesn't have that. In fact, it actually says two-player head-to-head action or something. So... I guess this one wasn't four player, but okay. Yeah, um, try and Google it or something. Like Microsoft's military definitely has it. I'm pretty sure Microsoft's two does as well. Um, like just yeah. these extra, um, yeah, extra controller ports in the cartridge. Madness. Um, works That's really well though. So insane. I mean, I guess that saves you money. You don't have to buy an adapter, but mm. I'm sure that was that did not make the development of the game any easier. That they had to like program controller ports into the board for the cartridge yeah i don't know it's but i don't know it's a great idea though <laughs> but that's that's kind of me kind of a shorter thing i didn't have a ton to talk about or a, that's cool. a, a garbage bag full of crap to buy <laughs> so that was Martin. A, good, a good length yes 
Buddy, I mean, this is your first time on the, at least the, the latest version of the Mega Vision show. Do you want to introduce yourself a little bit and then uh, tell us what you've been up to? Yeah, uh, for those of you that have never met me, I'm Marcin. I'm the senior editor for Mega Visions. I've been around since 2015, maybe 2014, and th- 2015. So it's been around six years, Jesus, mm-hmm. yeah. that I've known all you fellas. And yeah, uh, I think the last time I popped up was when the Shenmue animation popped up in August of last year. So the joke is like, anytime something Shenmue related <laughs> happens, I just say, Hey guys, I can talk about this. Um, but yeah, I'm glad to be back. What I did this week is not as cool as I think what you guys picked up or, or did, but, um, I'm playing Yakuza Kiwami two on PC. So, Ooh. And uh, this, I guess I did pick this up recently is I got a new gaming laptop. Um, I can't show you because it's currently being used (laughs) (laughs) on me. uh, So I can't do that. But yeah, I mean, it's super nice. Uh, It's, it's, you know, uh, like a small car loan, essentially the price. Yeah. (laughs) Because my brother has a, my brother has a gaming PC and I just needed something portable. And I know people don't like laptops because they melt your, lap because they get so hot but uh this one's actually very very nice very very well made through razor um so Mm -hmm. i'm trying to play all the yakuza games essentially because they re-released all five or six or seven of them now on on steam so i want to i was trying to go through all of them and i'm on two um and also, if you guys don't remember Blazing Dragons in the 90s, yeah. I think there was a cartoon in the UK that never came here. But there was the game version that was in the West, and it was voiced by some of the members from Monty Python. Um, and yeah, I just loved that as a kid. It was a, it was a point-and-click adventure game. I thought the animation was beautiful, and I wanted to play it again, so... I use I'm using this That's why you got a gaming laptop. <laughs> this super heavyweight gaming laptop for a PS1 game from 1995. Oh wow. That reminds me of when I got the computer I'm on now, um I built it with the help of a friend of the show and site Nick Nick Flair um and the first thing that I played on it was Tanglewood. The <laughs> Genesis the Genesis indie game on made for Ultra. Genesis, but released on Steam. I played that as the first game on my souped up PC. <laughs> I love it. And I'm playing Roller Coaster Tycoon One on Ultra settings. You know, it's really mm-hmm, pushing mm-hmm. the limit uh, in yeah. 4K. That's what I was doing. I was like, maybe not as old school as that, but I'd always go to a game like Oblivion, for example, which has been out for like 10 years. And I'd run that max settings going, when you PC can run it max settings, it's like a 10 year old game. Of course it could work. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, World of Warcraft runs super smooth on this. I don't know. It's crazy. Um, (laughs) so pickups. I mean, the other thing that I, I do like board games and during the pandemic, I think I've created, uh, more time. Uh, group time for board games and i have bought more board games than i have in the you know in the past five years combined so i picked up horrified if you guys don't know horrified is a yeah uh, board game on universe uh, based on you know the universal studios monsters i'm sure if chris was here he would oh, give a hour tangent about <laughs> each individual universal monster um and yeah, I, I haven't opened it yet. I got it yesterday, but Ooh. I picked that up. <laughs> have you got uh, it next good. to you? Can you show it to the camera? I don't. I don't want to uh, get up and go to the other room and make an awkward pause. But yeah, it's <laughs> it, it it I do have it. it I'm not lying. Okay. 
and also uh, a couple of puzzles because we like to do puzzles as well. It's one's a Pokemon one in honor of the 25th anniversary that happened yesterday, and then the other one is uh, I don't know, I think it's like a canoe scene that, that looks oh. like sunset. You know, like one of those nice, pretty. I, for a ones. split second, I forgot you were talking about puzzles. I thought you were talking about board games. And I thought you had a canoe board game. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking, in my head, I was pitching yeah. this canoe board game. I'm like, okay, this is not oh, the weirdest yeah, no. thing. I've played a board no, game it's a, based it's on the Tour de France. So I can imagine it working. Oh, uh, I think I've seen that one. Yeah, yeah, you said Tour de France? Yeah, it's like it's called like La, La Flame Rouge or something. It's based on the gotcha. Tour de France. But yeah, so I was imagining some canoe racing game like that or something. No, you no, said it's it so a much more elegantly. You. Me, you said it so much more elegantly than I than I did. You're like the Tour de France, and I'm like, yeah, that was the Tour de France. <laughs> France, we got a twang in our accents, but awesome. yeah, that that's that that's basically it. So that, and then once uh, the PlayStation Games of the Month launches, they're actually putting Final Fantasy VII remake on there, which oh, I yeah. thought was. Super interesting, considering it came out less than a year ago, and yeah, I figured yeah. they wouldn't do that. You know, I thought that's safe for five-year-old games that were decent. But hey, I'm going to jump on that. So, and I'm still looking for a PS5 because you know they don't exist anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, they only have five in the whole country, and a thousand or a million people are fighting over those five. So, yeah, I, that's me. There's a topic I kind of want to discuss on the show, but I wouldn't bring it up. I, well. I'll, I'll briefly mention it. There's a whole thing about the, you know, the bots and stuff buying Xboxes and PlayStation 5s at the moment in the UK. And the, the actual yeah. people are trying to get the government involved to make it illegal for that to happen, basically. Uh, but yeah, anyway. Um, so yeah, it's, it's nice. I, um, I've never known a launch like this for any system that's been this bad to get hold of stuff. I mean, it's yeah. a combination of the well, pandemic and, you know, the, what do you call it? You know, the, the production, there's different parts that I'm sure are being held up just because of certain countries, you know, and, and the slowdown of, of shipments and that kind of stuff. I think that mm. that adds to it. Um, but yeah, I feel like it hasn't been this bad. I feel like when I got the PS4, I was able to get it, you know, launch week. Yeah, like I can understand the pandemic definitely being an issue for it, but it does seem to be that as soon as they come in stock, they're, they're sold out so quickly and a lot of people are saying it's actually yeah. to bots now. Which is just insane. Because there was yeah. one. Okay, actually, no, I won't go into this because it's going to be. I'm going to go into a massive <laughs> rabbit hole about <laughs> yeah, this because yeah, yeah, like, yeah. there's information about it. But it's, yeah, anyway. Um, um, I was going to. Uh, uh, I was tap on two things real quick with what Marson brought up there. Um, the the PlayStation, the Sony state of play happened, and I really, yeah. I genuinely believe that the only reason that thing happened was for the Final Fantasy VII announcements, because honestly, that was the only new info out of it. Everything mm-hmm. else was just gameplay that they, the uh, gameplay of the games they already announced. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's kind of all. I'm not entirely surprised they're doing what they're doing with FF7 so soon, because I think a lot of it is reactionary to how people don't want it to be split up, and mm. it should be this, and it should be that. I think they're handling it okay, but also... Again, keep in mind, we just are still surviving a pandemic, and so everything is slower than it should be, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. But um, And the other thing I wanted to say is uh, we own Horrified. We've played that. Uh, nice. It's not too bad. It's um, Have either of you guys played um, Arkham Asylum? Or, damn it, uh, Arkham Horror? <laughs> no, no, no. What is that? Arkham... Is that a board game? Yes, Arkham no. Horror. Horror. Um, is a 
it it's uh, uh what's Lovecraft? A lot of Lovecraftian okay. related things in it, but it's essentially a co-op game where it's I think it's up to eight player, um, uh, which is barely manageable at that point. Um, but the TLDR version of what that game is is you are in Victorian times. I I think it's been a while, but you basically are in old England and you are with a group of people that have different abilities and different professions and portals open up. You start the game by picking a, essentially the boss. And the worst thing you can get, for example, is Cthulhu, um, which I did the first time playing since I was the newbie first time playing. I picked the random monster that'll be eventually unearthed. Hopefully not. I picked the worst one in the game. How about that? Um, <laughs> And so what happens as you go is these portals open up and you are on it. It's a co-op game overall, but you have to work on closing these portals because the more portals that open up, the more likely Cthulhu will awaken. Mm. The monster awakens eventually no matter what, but the more portals, it makes it more difficult because other demons and creatures get uh, mm-hmm. teleported into the real world. Um, and there's a, I'm, I'm over, overly simplifying it, but Horrified is a much more streamlined kind of more user-friendly version of that because like Morrison said you're fighting the universal monsters but you can fight like just two of them or you can have I I think the max is six monsters or something um but it is still a co-op game so horrified is is cool because it's an it's it's a management game but you do work together um oh that the main thing that it's so similar to uh uh arkham horror Sorry, it's so hard to not say Arkham Asylum. Uh, (laughs) um, With Arkham Horror, you also have to manage your own sanity and your health and save villagers and and civilians as you go. The same thing's kind of in Horrified as well, but again, much more streamlined. So See, it sounded cool. like the, it sounded like the structure was kind of like pandemic. It sounded like it was like, you know, you oh, have yeah. diseases here and then you work together to get rid of the diseases. I mean, n- not, not, not completely similar, but I think it had a similar vibe okay. where it, is it, is it like in each round you get another monster or, or I mean, I didn't open the box yet, so I don't know. <laughs> oh, and that one, um, yeah. no, in horror, in Horrified, you pick from the beginning, like, I think it, it recommends that you start with, I believe, the creature from the Black Lagoon and Dracula. Uh, I think it's like the starter scenario because um, uh, they each have different things you have to um, prevent from happening or do from happening. Like the creature, you have the, his lair and there's like these boat things you have to fill in to find his. So every turn or whatever you go like through these things and one of them might be, do I have enough to get a boat closer to his lair to eventually stop him? Or for Dracula, it's do I, you have to like find five coffins and stake the coffins or something. So it's like, you go to run place. It's like, do I have enough to do this? No, but I can save these people. Let me put a stake through the coffin or you don't. And then eventually Dracula's out and about and trying to attack you and stuff. So there's management in that regard, but both are cool games. Arkham horror though, takes commitment and it is like extensive and you have to commit a day to playing one scenario in that game. Um, Yes, but not as personalized. Right. Um, yeah. It it's good if you have someone who's played it multiple times or whatever. It's literally every time my friends and I have played it, my one buddy Brendan, like he knows it back and forth and doesn't need the rule book, so he's basically the DM, even though it's a co op game and there is no DM. But yeah, <laughs> Arkham, yeah, it's it's. I think they've even released like a cards only version of Arkham Horror, um, which I haven't tried, but I don't imagine it would be as um uh in uh what's it called the word that starts with I not inclusive. Immersive, not as immersive, in immersive. my opinion. 
without like the whole board setup and everything. So both really cool games. Um, Arkham Horror is not as user friendly as Horrified. I like Horrified more just okay. probably because also the recognizability of the enemies. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And we'll be back uh, later in the episode with our board game corner. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we will. So just a preview. A nice little yeah. preview. Awesome. Cool. Um, so I guess moving on to me. Um, so little update. Last week I mentioned how my Xbox One X had died again and it was basically stuck in a loop of wanting to download an update. Was The update was only like 500 or 600 megabytes in size. It wasn't a big update, but it just kept getting stuck and breaking. And if even if I went back and like wiped the console and stuff, like sent it back to factory reset settings, it would like let me log in and like, you know, uh, log into my profile and it would have all my apps and stuff start loading up and then it'll go, Oh, we need to do an update. Don't worry, it'll be worth it. And it's like, oh no, it's the same same number I could see. And then like it'd just break again. And eventually managed to get it fixed though. Huzzah. So yeah, after many fiddling around and just trying to get it stuff working, it just do you even, started working. Do you even know what was wrong with it? I don't actually know exactly what was wrong with it. Um <laughs> But I did the yeah. offline update again. I've been trying to... So, yeah, so the previous time it broke, there's something to do with the fact I was, I was using the Xbox Insider account and there was an update which also something that should broken it or something. Um, so I had to get a file that you get from Microsoft's website, put it on a USB stick and plug it in and then tell the yeah. Xbox to update, do an offline update from that. Um, so I was trying to do that again using the same file on the USB stick and I was like, oh, this is still not working. So I basically went back to the Microsoft website, re-downloaded that file, thinking maybe they updated it or something. It's still the same file name, though, and everything. Um, so I can't tell if they've actually done, done any changes to it. But putting down the memory right. stick and then plugging it in seemed to work. So uh, that seemed to have fixed it. Although, yeah, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. So, uh, But the good thing is I can keep playing um, Immortals Rise of Phoenix because that is still my jam still loving that game you know not playing it as much Good. as i used to that's great question yeah you might have mentioned this did you try playing it offline like not having your console connected to the internet did that yes um it just kept trying to do the update anyway really <laughs> basically God, it damn. would not let me do it it would not let me play the like it's weird basically as soon as it tries to do the update if I turn off the Xbox and then like even turn off the Wi-Fi and stuff, so there's no internet in the house. Um, like when you turn the Xbox on, it's like, oh, we need to do an update. And, yeah. then, and then it's like, start update, turn off Xbox. So the two options I had so is like, God oh, damn it. Cool. <laughs> God say. So it wasn't even like, wow. I don't want this update. I want you to ignore it. It was like some sort of compulsory update. And it's just like, you either do the update or you're not playing on me anymore. Jesus Christ, it's like you have two options. Either eat the gun or shoot your foot. <laughs> Basically. Uh, sorry, that's a little extreme, I guess, but... <laughs> yeah, it's... That, that's, uh... that's, that is the pinnacle of the technological age we're in, because that's like... I've had this happen before. It's trying to set up a network where I live, and, like, your router's not connecting or whatever, so you are sitting on your computer, and it's like, oh, it looks like your router's not working. For step-by-step -step instructions, go to this website. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> Expect you to check your phone. They know yeah. you have like, everyone has like 15 devices apparently. Yeah. So. Well, mm. 
it's almost like the digital version of trying to get a job, but you don't have experience for it. But the only way you can get experience is to do the job sort of thing. <laughs> like, it's just like, yeah, catch <laughs> one, do, yeah. um, but yeah, so, yeah well, I think cool. that's the thing. I, I mean, I'm not like, I feel like I'm fairly technically savvy. So I was able to do this, but it took me a while to actually work out like, why things were going wrong and stuff. Cause I kept trying different things out. I did actually go and check the error messages and stuff online. And like the error messages seemed to relate to about 10 different things. So they didn't even really help yeah. that much. Um, but yeah. yeah, if like, for example, my brother is actually, my brother's really smart, but he's not quite as technically savvy as I am. And I feel like he would just be like, Oh, my Xbox is broken and just wouldn't be able to fix it. Like, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's just mm-hmm. one of those really frustrating things but but it's fixed hopefully touch wood it'll keep going for a little bit longer because uh wait hold on what touch wood touch wood we we say knock on wood oh we say, we say touch wood that sounds like you're gonna knock on wood. Someone's sure. yeah, yeah touch wood so you don't even heard. knock on it you just you just place your hand on the wood well you can, we can't sometimes some people tap it or some people just put their hand on it like touch wood you know what? I understand the you want to be more polite, so you don't knock on the wood. You just touch it. <laughs> You're like, excuse me, do you mind if I just? There you go. Thank you. Yeah, just uh, <laughs> you mentally all your get, fist get up the wood and just start hitting it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well. All right. I I never knew that because I I know there's a song that goes, "I'm gonna knock on wood, baby." Yeah, the impression Is that, that what I they're get talking by about? Mighty Mighty Bostones. Is, uh, is that, uh, I, well, could, I don't think it came from the song. I mean, they used no, it because that's, 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 that's what they mean in the songs. I've never really but that would sound much worse. As I'm gonna touch wood, yeah. <laughs> like it doesn't. It's not that good, like of a flow either. But it also not what they were going for. <laughs> oh my god, I love it when random things come across in like different cultures that speak the same language, uh, like. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know about that one. I'm sure there's dozens more. So just yeah. keep giving us metaphors, and we're like, yeah, that's that's a new one. I well, didn't know that one. Just just very briefly, one came up last night with me and my girlfriend. My girlfriend, well, girlfriend, she's actually my fiance. I keep saying girlfriend for some reason. Congratulations! Um, <laughs> hey, uh, hey, surprise! She, she's Australian, um, and oh. I think in I think in America you say the same as what we say in the UK, which is candy floss for that. Stuff you get at fairgrounds. No, we call it cotton candy, actually. Oh, you call it ca- cotton candy, don't you? Ah, oh, you call it something different. Ah, oh. I know exactly what? what the hell you were talking about. Oh, my God. So we call <laughs> it candy. No, I thought you were talking about like nerd rope or something. Oh, no. Okay. So we call it like different things balls. in the three different countries that speak English. We call it different things. So you guys call it cotton candy, which makes sense because yeah. it's kind of like cottonish. Yeah. We call it candy floss. I'm not sure why. And then in Australia, they call it fairy floss. Nice. I don't like <laughs> that. <laughs> I mean, it's like what? Because it's pink and blue? I don't know. I mean, are there any other colors besides pink and blue cotton candy? I don't even know. I think I you can get it in any color, but because it's just food dye. But yeah. I think the, primarily it's pink. Yeah, yeah I, I don't see it in pink. Fairy floss makes it sound like it's someone's it's it's a magical creature's used floss. Like after they're done flossing, they just drop it and since it goes it just goes through the clouds into our human world and we eat it. I could just imagine like a fun fair like a fairground going, roll up, roll up, get your fairy feces. Just like a stick of <laughs> Okay, I so hope no I one got... ever does that for their carnival candy. 
Yeah, speaking of names of things, though, Graham, I think we've got our title of Touch Wood and Fairy Floss for this week's episode. <laughs> yeah, <absolutely. laughs> oh, man. Um, anyway, moving on a little bit. So I've got some pickups this week. Yes. Um, so I think, I can't remember if I mentioned it last week, but Chris mentioned this a few weeks ago. Um, he His version of a, get, a Dreamcast game developed by, well, ported from an indie company called Drascula. The Vampire oh, Strikes yeah. Back has has yeah. landed. Um, so I backed this on Kickstarter. I got I got a pack where I got digital codes for a lot of old. Uh, so this is actually an old PC point and click adventure game, which a company has ported. It's they're called ERBE Software. I don't know if you can read that. Like herbs. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I can't they, get over that box art still. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they've ported it to the Dreamcast, um, and yeah, this is like clearly made in like microsoft iMovie iMovie yeah or something like that like just the yeah um it's it's just a print on a piece of paper the there's a little slip inside which is quite nice and uh, the, the actual game um cd is just that basically so wow yeah, really yeah, you showed us that last week. so for listeners oh uh, for listeners that maybe missed out the other week, the cover of this, it's literally a, like white and orange with the white film strip, and it looks like the cover of an iMovie like menu. Uh, and then the disc itself is just all white with what? Could you hold up the disc again? Oh, yeah. I think uh, it was like the bottom, sort yeah, of the bottom the right corner. Actually, the company logo is bigger than the title of the game. <laughs> it looks yeah. like my communion recording, like, like what they used. <laughs> The company who recorded my communion, my first communion. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It looks identical to that guy. And, and the cover to me, like it's an orangey color. It, to me, it looks like the printer is running out of ink. That's like the color. A little cover bit, the yeah. Printer. A little but, bit. But, <laughs> hey, that's, that's indie game dev though. Yeah. But you yeah, know man. what? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not knocking them at all. Well, it sounds like we're knocking them. We kind of are. I, am, a bit of fun but bit. I don't mean to. <laughs> yeah. It's, I'm super happy they've done this because, um, it's just cool to see these releases and I'm back to Kickstarter. I'm not, I'm not upset. I've got it or anything. The one thing I am slightly annoyed about is that my case is completely down. You can't really see it. The case is all cracked at the bottom here. I don't know if you can see that. Yeah. Um, but it's fine. It's just a CD dual case. So I can easily get that replaced. Yeah, it's just like. Normal. Yeah, when I got it, I was like, what is this? It's like, I could feel it cracking in my fingers. Um, I fully believe that, like, if, if CDs had stuck around any longer, that they would have started repackaging them, because those are, in the history of, like, media cases, jewel cases are probably the worst. Yeah. Do you think they're recyclable? <laughs> I feel like they that, must be. Yeah, uh, probably. hope so. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I haven't actually played this yet, so I'll check it out. But I, I actually read um, that they they say say to use the mouse and key, Dreamcast mouse and keyboard is like the best experience. Oh, nice! Um, so yeah, I'd like to give that a go. And Hell uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, in fact, that's it. So on the back of this little insert slip insert, which has got a little coloured printing of like the game. It's like it's like a little image on the back. Little printed out. I don't know if you can read that. You can't read that on the camera. It says, we recommend no. using the official Sega Dreamcast keyboard and mouse. That's all it says there. <laughs> does it say that on the back? Like, does it show the controllers you can use or anything Ooh, on, no the, on the back of the box? Oh, no. It's just like three little screenshots. Damn. So, yeah, the, 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 the game, the, the the artwork on the case does seem very much like an iMovie um, template for making your own homemade movie sort of thing. Um, so, like, insert Definitely three images here sort of thing. Um but yeah. uh, it's cool. Uh, I'll try and get a play and maybe get back to you guys and let you know how it is like next week or so. Um, but yes. Yeah. What you're about to also present to us, I think, Graham, it's 
silly and still amazing to me how excited I get for Dreamcast and like old retro indie releases compared to anything else in video games. Yeah. I don't, I can't. Yeah. I think it's just no, amazing. comparable. It's 2021 and they're still, you know, creating games for them. I mean, because there is still a market for it, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Why not? So which the is next, even crazier. the next pickup I've got, um, which I, I, oh yeah. So basically it started as a Kickstarter a few years ago. The Kickstarter was canceled eventually. And then they decided just to make the game in their spare time and release it. And that is Xenocider for the Sega yeah, Dreamcast. Look at that box by art. Retro Summers. Um, wow. Insane graphics on the box and looks pretty cool on the back. Um, yeah, I'm so sorry, I, I overtook. Oh no, that's okay. Say the name. Same, say the name again because I spoke over you saying it. Uh, Xenocider. Yeah. Or Xenocider. I don't know. I, I, yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, the box, I don't know if you can describe the box art. It's just kind of like this. Oh, yes, I totally will. Hold yes, it up, please. please. So if you could go to an Iron Maiden concert and all <laughs> yeah. of the band members were replaced <laughs> with ladies uh, and they needed to fight a five-headed Hydra, which is redundant. Or how mm. many heads does a Hydra have? Um, but it's like this and, lady with... Uh, a pink mohawk and just exoskeleton sci-fi armor that looks like it could be part of her gun. She's got, of course, face paint only over her eyes and she's firing off at something while the monster behind her, which I don't even know how to describe that. Like a five-headed frog with fangs and crazy snake. Kind of reminds me of a gremlin in a way. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Like pink makeup on it or something. She's but like a cross I, between like Mad Max, and then I don't know if you guys remember yes. in Star Wars Episode One, the pod racing scene. You had mm-hmm. these these women with like the sharpshooter things. She looks almost exactly oh, like that. Okay, yeah, kind I of was going to say yeah. also. I went and grabbed my copy of Gun Lord. If you look at the box art for that for Dreamcast, like I feel like these could go next to each other in an art gallery or something. Yeah, that, <laughs> their style. Their style is very like uh, not as much with Gun Lord, but with with Xenocider, it's it has like that pencil look to it, but yeah. it's like a brighter pencilly drawn metal album cover. Yeah, basically. Um, the back, the back is pretty cool it. as well. It's got a. Another hand-drawn image and then some screenshots and a little bit of info about the game and then the compatibility of like, so you said 60 frames per second, uh, VMU, vibration pack, VJ compatible, arcade stick, twin stick. So yeah, and region free. And it's got a cool little picture of the arcade stick there as well. Um, but yeah, um, so you, you could, they, they had like oh, a wow. steelbook edition, which was only limited to like 50 copies. They also had a PAL version, which is also limited to 50 copies. And then they released, this is the special edition, which I think they've got loads of copies of this. And then they've got like a normal dual case version as well. So they, they, the special edition has, um, sorry, the game is actually sitting in my Dreamcast, but that's the CD for it. So it's actually got mm. the soundtrack with it as well. Um, and then just like a little paper slip, sort of explaining a bit more about the game and stuff inside. Um, yeah, and then like the people who worked on the game in the back, but but yeah, I streamed this on Friday. That's the first time I actually played it. Before I picked it up and anything, so yeah, streamed it on Friday. And here's the thing: I bought this kind of support indie development, kind of the same way that I did with Jascula. Um, and I'm not a huge fan of shooters, like on rail shooters and stuff. I'm not a big fan of Pan- the Panzer Dragoon games. I love and like Star Fox. I love. But those are kind of the only ones that really draw grip me. Like Space Harrier, are you kind of used to enjoy back in the day, but kind of never really got hugely into it. Um, so I wasn't expecting myself to 
you know, wasn't expecting too much from this game, but I ended up having so much fun. I was playing, I can't remember what time I started. I think I started around like 11 p.m. UK time and ended up going to bed about 3 a.m. So I was playing it for a good four hours on the street or something. Uh, yeah, so it's, um, I was I was having a blast of it. Um, it's it's pretty it's a pretty fun game. So basically, for anyone who doesn't know about it, you as I say, it's kind of like an on, almost an on rail shooter, but it's not it's not quite like Panzer Dragoon and, and Star Fox, where like the camera does sometimes move around and like your ship or dragon will move between stuff. You're literally going straight forward in like a kind of straight line but you can sort of sidestep left and right to different points across that line uh you can also jump so you can do a little hovery jump type thing um but only lasts for a few seconds then you land but you angle your gun like ahead of you and stuff and shoot things and you also get um some like um what they call, i think they call like xeno bots or something which you can set to have xeno pods xeno pods that's it thank you so you can have one like as a shield and one as a nuke button or you can set them to be like both extra guns and stuff um to just help you like progress through the game and yeah um but this is so much fun and, and uh carlos from retro summers actually jumped on the stream with us and was actually chatting in the chat and he was actually helping me give me some little hints and tips and stuff yeah. um, nice. to play through it. Um, the thing I love about this game and what I think is awesome, especially from an indie company, is there's like loads of different game modes to unlock. There's like five extra game modes you can unlock. There's little in-game achievements you can get and stuff. Um, they put so much effort into this game. I mean, it, when you look at the screenshots, I think visually you think it looks solid, but maybe not like the dream, the best of the Dreamcast. But when you're actually playing the game, it looks so fantastic. Like as I was playing it, I was like, this game looks bloody cool. And the music is fantastic. Um, the bosses are some of the best boss creations I've seen in games in years. Um, Crab. <laughs> like, I, well, yeah, at one point I was just like, that is the best. I said, I said live on the stream, I was like, that is probably the best boss I've seen in a long time. It looks so cool. And, um, Scotty, I think left before this, I got to, I believe, what I believe is the last level, which is kind oh, of wow. got a very Japanese Sakura kind of theme to it. And it's awesome. Okay. Uh, I won't say anymore. I, I thought that level looked beautiful at points. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm digging this game. I might even I'm try streaming it again next week. Um, yeah. Uh, do, you, do you have the arcade stick for I Dreamcast? Do, I don't have the arcade stick and I don't have the twin stick, okay. which is really annoying because I'd love to um, uh, try out those. Yeah, because I asked you how the controls are. or Well, I asked you how it felt, but also like how the controls do actually work. Because you were saying that you use the stick to move your reticle Remember, this is the Dreamcast controller, only one thumbstick. Use the stick to move your reticle, and then to shift left and right, you use the L and R button. Yeah, the L and R triggers to... Uh, to that was so nice. I didn't, I didn't see that, it, like, in person or, you know, on not on a picture, so that looks so yeah, nice. Yeah, with the Striker DC pad, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and... Yeah, yes. and then, sorry, and then, yeah, you fire fire with that button. These use your pods, your different pods. So, like, the... BN, what is that, B and X? Yeah, B and X, yeah. and then Y is jump, basically, so... So, um, I was trying to think, like, I cannot... Well, okay, two things. It uses the arcade stick. It also uses the twin stick controller, which yeah. I have, so I'm excited. I I, pre- I, I was staring at my phone so much because I was trying to see which version of the game I, I pre-ordered, and it's the same one that you got, the special cool. edition with the soundtrack, because I... Unfortunately, I also missed out on the steelbook, but I was thinking about that. Like, that means, like, with the arcade stick, you've got to have, like, one hand entirely on the face buttons for L and R to go right and left, and yeah, then so. on yeah. the stick. And I, and I, 
I'm sure it's going to be extra hard move when I use the twin six. Cause like the right ones probably move left and right while I'm moving. Like I'm going to be patting my head and rubbing my belly at the same time, <laughs> trying to play this game essentially. Yeah. And- Cause that's what, how it was for, um, uh, Xeno crisis, uh, uses oh, yeah. the twin stick on the dreamcast version. And that was hard enough for me to just have a top down smash TV thing of shooting with one hand while moving with the left hand. Okay. Um, and, but I said this while you were streaming, more emphasis to how Chris said that controller that you just held up that they just released, they really should have put a second stick on it. Because mm-hmm. if game devs now can incorporate the twin stick, then, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to pretend I know game development, but you would think that they could maybe map it for two thumbsticks. So if that new controller was like forward thinking, and had a second stick, it could have worked with this game and Xeno Crisis and stuff. It'd be really cool. To that, see that. that would be amazing. Yeah. If they could do that, um, that'd be so cool. But yeah. And, and uh, I was I just going to say, one you, more shout out of bosses, you, but go ahead. Uh, when you talk about like rubbing your head and patting your belly, that's kind of how I felt when I first started playing the game at one point. Cause I was like, just really trying to get used to sidestepping and aim, like, and aiming. <laughs> if that, if that sounds yeah. really weird. Like I played first person shooters and stuff and get hang of those really easily. But for some reason, this felt, felt a bit different. Um, but yeah, once you get used to it, it, it's really, it does become more natural. The game is very challenging. I will say that, but it's, it's challenging in a good way. Once you get used to how enemies work and stuff and some of the level layouts, you kind of get into your rhythm and your flow. Um, and you can, you can get to the end of them quite easily. Um, like I think the first level I died, I lost all my lives twice in a row. I was like, damn it, I'm stuck at this game. But then I eventually managed to get to like the last, the last level a couple of times. Um, uh, but yes, even though when you get the hang of it, it's still a challenging game. And that's what I think is really cool about it. Um, and I will, oh, that's the other thing. Each level has two routes in it. So you get to choose at the start oh, the yeah. different routes of the level. So the way the level plays out is a little bit different. You have the same boss at the end and sometimes with different colors, but like different color palettes on the boss, but it's the same boss. Um, but yeah, you can experience the level slightly differently. Um, yeah. Um, but I believe, oh, and once, once you get to a certain point, you actually unlock like a space harrier mode. So they've kind of recreated space harrier in this game, which I thought was really cool. Um, I'm, as I said, I'm not a massive fan of space harrier, but just playing that, I was like, this is freaking awesome. And then there's some other modes you can unlock as well, which I haven't done yet, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so what were you going to ask? You're going to ask something about the bosses or say something. About uh, bosses. I was just going to say to praise two things about it. One is the boss design is great because the, it's either the, I think it was the second level where you're underwater. Mm. Um, and the, the second boss is a hermit crab, but is a giant hermit crab that has used half of a pirate ship as its shell. <laughs> and that's not spoilers describing it to people. Cause that I hope makes them want to go and look this up and see how ridiculous this game is. Um, and the other thing is, despite the fact that it's an on rail shooter, I thought, and also kind of all the video and all the screenshots you saw was just the character on the hoverboard mm. but it it really didn't do well to depict uh those screenshots and stuff didn't really do well to depict how different each level is because yeah. the first level you're on the hoverboard then another one you're actually walking on the ocean floor and then another one you're like i forget if it was a river or something but you were like waist high in water it's mud. To avoid like a, like a swamp something kind of mud yeah, yeah. So I just thought that was cool because they could have yeah. easily, they could have been lazy and just from like every level you're on a hoverboard or like space mm. area, you're only running or flying. But yeah. I thought that was, it, it's and, a minor thing, but it does switch up the feel and the aesthetic. And I'm not sure if it's my subconscious or something, but I swear on the underwater level, your targeting thing is a little bit slower because you're underwater. 
Oh, maybe. I, I'm, I'm sure when I was like playing it, I was like, ah, oh, it feels really stiff. And then so the next level, I was like, oh. Oh, it's easy again. Like, um, so yeah, I think, I think that's a design thing, which I thought was a nice little touch, really. Um, yeah. But yeah. And Retro Samus, or I mean, Carlos of Retro Samus, he did say it is difficult, but it's kind of giving it that arcadey feel mm. of repetitive and unlocking stuff yeah. and or not repetitive, but replayability. Yeah. Oh, I should, I, there's one other big thing about the game. Um, you actually, depending on how well you do in the, in the levels, and there's also like a bonus level after each level you get these credits which you then use to upgrade your abilities like your shield your um, oh. defense your attack your nuke for example um or you can buy extra lives as well so like basically it's kind of like an arcade game where you lose lives as you go through you you're losing lives basically so you kind of have to um be careful how many lives you've got before you go into each level and stuff um but i think that's a really cool thing so you can kind of play the game in different ways um so you can either just like jack up your your firing ability and like not care about anything else or plan, plan, basically plan your own strategy which i thought was a nice little touch it makes it a bit more replayable again as well and uh yeah that's, i'm really excited to play again uh to get back into it and i feel that's a lot, a lot of games sort of miss out on these days like unlocking all these extra modes and stuff and yeah really, yeah. really good arcade experience basically it made me remember how good arcade good arcade games were really so awesome it's it's going to get thrown into the Dreamcast Marathon rotation for sure. Oh, excellent. Good. Really happy about that. Because <laughs> I think, and also I think because of that arcadey feel, like during the marathon, we try to find stuff that even if it's single player, you know, we can rotate and yeah. it'll definitely be like die, hand over the controller, beat a level, maybe hand over the controller, you know? Yeah. Awesome. So. Cool. Um, so I guess that does it for me. I don't know if there's any other questions from Arsene or anything about uh, no, I mean, I just re- I just remember uh, writing about it when they first launched a Kickstarter, and that was it felt like years ago. Um, yeah. So it, it's it's awesome that you know you're enjoying it, and then it looks the box art looks fantastic. You know that that, that looks super fun. So yeah. yeah, if you guys ever you know do it on Twitch, I, I'll definitely jump in and want to watch you guys play. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe next Friday I might do it. I don't know if Scotty's going to play it as well at all this week. I don't have it yet. Um, oh, okay, yeah. I, I believe the company's UK, I believe Retro Samus is UK-based, so you got yours already. I think, and I, I think they're actually Spanish. Oh, made in Spain. Oh, really? Back, I just so, remember yeah. seeing the Euros. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh, well, yeah. UK would be pounds, sir. Great Queen's Sorry. British pounds. <laughs> I don't care. Well, maybe I'll knock on wood and get it at some point. But... Um, <laughs> The uh, I, I know they're not in North America, so I have not right. gotten my copy yet. But I, I also pre-ordered mine literally. Oh. You know, uh, Scotty, you oh, froze. I you froze for a few I seconds. I froze. Now I'm back. Do you I pre-ordered okay? it literally? Yeah, you sound fine. <laughs> uh, you pre-ordered I, it when? When? Tune in after the break to find out. No, um, I uh, <laughs> I pre-ordered it just back in December. But at the Kickstarter was a year or two ago, so I'm sure so, the Kickstarter copies. Yeah, so okay. So just to be clear, they, the Kickstarter they actually cancelled it. Um, Carlos actually mentioned that in the in, as he's talking in the chat the other day. Like um, they ah. did, the, they started the Kickstarter. I think it was like five or six years ago. He said that's where um, it was. Yep. And then he said that the Kickstarter was cancelled, and they basically worked on this in their spare time. So they didn't have any mm-hmm. extra funding or anything. They literally their own money pouring into yeah. it between like day jobs and stuff. So. To me, that's even more impressive in a way. They they weren't able yeah. to get the, the full... I don't know if they cancelled it because 
for whatever reason, or if it just, just failed. I'm not sure. But, yeah, I don't you know, know if it, it reached its uh, target. Yeah, I, sh- I assume it didn't reach any target. Um, I don't know if they cancelled it before. Maybe we should reach out and uh, try to get an interview and ask these yeah, questions. Maybe huh? we should. Let's tune in for another show. Hey. Maybe we could hopefully, hopefully we could get him on the show. I'd love that. But yeah. Um, but cool. Yeah. So, yeah, even more impressive, I think. Uh, yeah. So check it out. I agree. Xenocider. Also check out Trascular the Vampire Strikes Back. You can get it on Steam as well, actually. They released it on Steam, so... Is, I think Xenocider is only on Dreamcast, right? Sorry, okay, sorry. Xenocider is is Dreamcast only. Draskula Vampire Strikes Back is uh, on Steam. So, there you go, sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, but Xenocider, yes. Dreamcast. Woo-hoo. Okay, anyway, um, so what do, we, do we want to go into the mail sack or do we want a quick break? What would you like to do, ch- um... chaps? Let's take a look here. We don't have much in the mail sack, so we could maybe do that and then do a break. Yeah. Marcin, you cool with that? Yeah, I'm cool with that. Cool. Okay. So with that, we'll move on to Scotty Moe's mail sack of wonder. Here it is where you ask us stuff and we answer it. Hooray. Mr. Haru's thing, and it's more... We're back uh, live. It's just due to, uh, okay, hello. Scotty quickly wants to read through something yes. and then to give him time. Sorry. Anyway, can you get it? All right, and it's time for the mail sack! <laughs> okay, so we actually um, we actually got some feedback from not last episode, but the previous episode where Graham and I quickly watched the Snyder Cut trailer um, oh for the Justice League movie coming out, Mr. Haru in the Discord had some things to say about okay. that. Uh, he said, I, "Yeah, I'll, he had a lot to say, but we, I think we can go through this." Uh, he said, "I'm personally not going to care for the Snyder cut since I'm a huge fan of Batman and the Flash, and loathe what they did to both characters. A new cut of the movie won't personally get me to watch it. Unsure if the cut will really somehow fix the overall theming behind the movie or its payoff, but I don't want to see it either." Um, hmm. Interesting. Isn't that the whole purpose of the Snyder Cup? That the fact that they weren't yeah. happy with what happened to the characters or the movie, yeah, I get so they wanted to redo it versus an hour and a half of pain. But I, right. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I think um, your reasons to not see it are exactly why it's being made. So I think you should yeah. still. I I'm always going to say still just check it out because I've I've watched so much garbage that I'm better. I'm I'm happier that I've seen the garbage uh, than just saying it's bad without knowing anything about it hmm. um yeah and- I, th- I mean that's a reasonable take i feel like most people you know shit on it before they even see it so i mean i guess you know i think it's good to at least, at least give it a chance like we know we've been burned before in most dc movies but i think it's important to at least take a look at it and i'm paying 15 dollars for hbo max so i'm gonna take advantage of that you know so <laughs> i'm gonna i'm definitely gonna see it I need to work out how I can watch it in the UK because we don't get HBO Max over here. So I'm sure there'll be some way you can watch it. There's no way. They I'm sure there's some kind of partnership that they're like, you can stream it through, I don't know, Hulu or, or Netflix gets it in the UK or, we, or something. I don't think we've got Hulu over here either. Like We don't have access to it. Oh, really? Hmm. We might do now, but I've, ne- I've never seen it advertised for anything over here. But like we have, we do have other ones which you don't, we have something called Now TV, which tends to be the one that gets like, that, for example, that got Game of Thrones like the same time that you guys got in America and stuff, so we could stream uh, it live that, at the same time. Probably where, uh, so yeah, it's probably HBO. go there. Um, I would yeah, also we'll argue. I would also argue that it, it there were 
I don't know if this is proven fact or not that there were rumors that they reshot some things with mm. it. Um, the, and, and so, but what I thought of though is like, there have been times in movies or series where I've hated a character up until a certain scene. And like, literally it's that scene that turned around my opinion on them and like everything following made more sense. And yeah. I enjoyed them more as a character or as some of the themes went in the show. So I could honestly see this making it feel like it's a better movie because of adding or what he wanted to do with the theming or the movies or the, the movies or the characters or the stories within it. So yeah, I wouldn't. I I understand you not wanting to watch it literally because it's four hours, but I'd still say give it a shot. Oh, it sounds like is it, cool. is it four hours? Long? I didn't realize it's four hours. Oh, yeah, yes, if you're a Lord of the oh, Rings fan, you will enjoy this. I, I'm yeah. not a Lord of the Rings fan, but I'll still strap in anyway. So let's find yeah. out. You're a fan of long movies. <laughs> yeah. I, I can dig it. Yeah, I'd, I still say give it a chance. I always, I think about when I was working at GameStop and as a musician, I would give so much shit to the game Wii Music after the presentation of that and everything, I'm like, don't bother with this. But I finally did rent it. And I was like, Oh my God, this is worse than I thought. But now I can actually say <laughs> why this is horrible. Cause I've played it. And so, I didn't yeah. think it even came out. I thought they just like showed it and then people shat on it. And then oh, no. it never came out. It, oh, no, it, coming out yeah. it doesn't, <laughs> you don't need any musical background or musical theory background or anything. As long as you, even if the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway from it for me was I like completely failed a song. Cause I didn't know you had to hold down an a button while you waggle the Wiimote to play a different pitch. And like, I botched this song entirely. It's like, well, you failed the song, but you just unlocked these things. Like how, <laughs> why did I unlock anything? <laughs> um, oh my God. That's, that's amazing. Uh, you played the game. I'd actually forgotten that existed, that game. Wow. It's one of the worst games I've ever played. Yeah. But, oh. um, I'm intrigued. I was just going to say yeah. very quickly, I'm, I'm, I'm almost interested. To, well, I am interested to hear what he, what, what was ruined about Batman and the Flash for him in that movie. Like, he says, I'm loathed what they did to both characters, but I'm not sure what they did. That I don't was know. that bad. Uh, if Chris were here, he could tell us how they messed things up. Probably, I, mean, but. I enjoyed the I well, I enjoyed the Justice League movie to an extent. I don't think it's a great movie, but there were moments. I was, as as I mentioned last week, I was like, "This is fine to me." It's not the it's by far not the best Batman appearance ever, but there are yeah. bits of it that are entertaining enough. Uh, but anyway, sorry, yeah, I'm just interested in why he's so passionate about it. Like, yeah, feel free to let us know, Mister Hart, yeah, if you want to. Stay. Um, and then uh, another comment regarding WandaVision. Uh, he says, I think the interest of it is purely on the fact that it's building up from a new zero point. Whatever may be brewing behind the scenes on it definitely gives more chills overall to the MCU as a whole. And I don't think it'll resolve itself by the show's finale. 100% agree with that. Um, he, he says the question itself of what what the fuck is up with Vision? Who did this? Who's actually the horse behind it? For, mm-hmm. Force? Not the horse. Uh, the force behind it. Um why they chose sitcoms of the ages uh, keeps him invested as it is. Cause he doesn't think the Marvel, I'll just read what he said. I don't think Marvel had anything nearly as ambitious since Dr. Strange. It may mm-hmm. actually be to a trilogy of events with Spider-Man three, Dr. Strange multiverse of madness. So excited for the future. And also adds to what could be worse than Thanos. Well, we may have an answer with this new shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Nice. I, I agree with that. I think Graham, you, we're gonna start one division you haven't seen it yet oh, I don't know I've, I've seen all of it yeah yeah oh really no, okay yeah I, i've been watching it um I, I watched the latest episodes this morning in fact and um 
I feel like yeah. I thought last last night or Friday was the season finale, but I guess there's one more next mm-hmm. week. Yeah, there's think- rumors that there's going to be a secret extra episode. Yeah, I'm still like waiting for like all the end credit scenes. I'm like, God damn it, you're doing it in the TV I show. show. Yeah, I'm like, I, don't do that, please. Not in everything. I mean, I, I'll I'll wait, I guess, but <laughs> you don't have to. You don't have to send it to the TV too. We can save it for the movie theater if you really want to. But I feel like it's also been played out so much. I know? think it's obnoxious that they have an after credit sequence in a sit in a TV show. I yeah, I'd say it. It's not. I understand the budget behind the show is probably up there with the movies. But you are not so high and mighty that you need an after credit sequence in your sitcom or whatever. But audiences are now so conditioned to like for at least for those blockbuster movies to wait until an end credit because I think the Sonic movie did that too, didn't they? Didn't it wasn't like, spoilers. Yeah. Wasn't there like a scene with, you know, Eggman and whatever and mm-hmm. and Tails and that was not at the end. It was like in the middle of their credits. No? Um that they had one of them was, I think. The Eggman yeah. One, uh, of the them, one of them. Thing, I think, was, the Robotnik thing was before the credits kicked in, and then Tails was a mid-credits. Yeah, uh, got yeah, but like, yeah, but like, yeah. The 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 point is, is that like studios are just doing it now because like Marvel did it, and now they're just doing it just because I get it, it's just because it's the cool thing to do at this point. I don't, you know, yeah. I, I get unless they want us to, you know, admire everyone who made the movie, which is great. But you know, I think most people are just kind of their eyes glaze over when the credits roll, and they're just waiting for that scene. So, yeah, I, I guess though. Uh, neat I, I'm still happy with them, to be honest, because I feel like a it does. Yeah, people sit there and will watch the credits to, you know, that these all these amazing people worked on these movies or whatever. But also, if you're really invested in it and you want to find out a little nugget extra about the storyline or the background, there will be this little thing that you'll get to see, which won't be, which won't appear again in the next movie. Or anything, it's just like a little nugget to sort of say this is what's going to come yeah. up. Sort of thing. So I guess, I mean, I guess in a certain sense, you know, like it wouldn't flow well if you just do it at the end, you know, like you need a little break and then it's like, yeah. meanwhile on blah, blah, blah. And, and then and, you have something else pop up. So I guess in particular with the Marvel ones, I don't know if you've noticed, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I'm correct in saying this. All of the end credit scenes are shown from the perspective of one of the people who isn't actually one of the main characters you follow throughout the movie, if that makes sense. So like, there will yeah. be a main character in the movie, oh, but it's not someone you okay. see from their perspective. So like it will then be showing them something from their from their side, almost like what they're working on or doing or anything. Um, so it's kind of yeah, I feel like it would break the flow of the movie if like, hey, we're following these guys; these are the heroes. We're following them. We're following. Oh, by the way, this is what the bad guy's doing on the side. Yeah, and then back again. And yes, excellent. All according to plan. I yeah. mean, yeah, I guess, <laughs> I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I. I'm I'm gonna be a douchebag or maybe play devil's advocate here. I believe that the other after credit sequence are a result of lazy writing because they can't fit it into the actual show story. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it could be too. You know, they, I mean, I think I mean it's obviously a, a pattern that they've created. I don't think it's like we're all lazy, lazy writers. Every single movie that came out, we just can't fit it. Every single time, we just can't fit it in the movie. Mm, I think it's I mean. an intentional like, thing, obviously. I think I think my viewpoint of that also comes from the first episode that has an after credit sequence in WandaVision. We didn't even see. I didn't even know existed until after I was watching um, someone else's commentary and like thoughts on it. Um, uh, because WandaVision, each episode has like a 38 minute runtime, but like eight of that minutes is the freaking credits. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's, it's, they have the dramatic like Marvel S credits afterwards and stuff. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And then they have it in like five or 16 different languages. But it, there's so much that we just assume after the show's done that all of this is just filler crap. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and so, and so we didn't even know we missed a thing, but um, so, it's, it's a, it's, it's been a roller coaster watching the show in the slightest bit because the day we were going to watch it, we were going to binge it after it was done, but literally like the week following the Friday of last time, last week's episode to like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to call them out. IGN had a fucking thing that was spoilers in their title and good mythical morning on their Instagram totally spoiled the latest episode as well. And I'm like, holy yeah. shit. Good thing we're keeping up with stuff because two professional outlets, not only did they spoil it, but it was spoiled like in the post or in the title. So even if you accidentally scrolled past, it's fuck you. Sorry. We want to take something at our own pace. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I I feel like, yeah, it's not good practice. I mean, I'm assuming because for them, if you put it in the content, like people are like, wait, what? Like, I didn't know that happened. And then you're Mm going to click on it. Or you're gonna click on it because you're angry, and you're gonna tell them, "Hey, go fuck yourself! Why did you put this in the in your post?" Yeah, so, I think it, it might be the way to change. And my one solid complaint: this is again me being an old man or just a little bitch. <laughs> I kind of don't like that they have an the epic Marvel opening for a TV show. Like, I can understand the big dun 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 dun, like zooming through all the characters. Yeah. And all the big things without within the logo, and, and but it's a TV show; it's not a movie. So it's you're like creating like extra anxiety for me, and I just want to watch this TV show. Yeah, I, I, also, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I mean, like, it, I mean, it's like the first like official like Marvel TV show, right? Like, like from this iteration of Marvel movies and whatnot. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I guess if you take into account the shield and all that kind of stuff, but I, I don't, I don't consider that as like the main thing. I mean, shield is kind of very separate from the the movies to the point that when yeah. stuff was happening on Earth with Thanos, they went into the future. Basically, spoiler alert for the TV show. Um, right. So yeah, they, they're not around. These these excellent heroes aren't around to help save the day as well. Basically, yeah, yeah, I think the show that had the closest. Um, storyline matching up with the mcu before it became the mcu was actually agent carter which that okay. got canned real quick unfortunately mm. but with uh peggy mm-hmm. peggy carter was that her full name i don't remember mm-hmm. oh actually no even though i just said that about um shield shield agents of shield they they the first season does tie in with the captain america movies oh yeah 100 percent. i forgot about that but yeah but they kind of are separate still from they kind of keep their stories kind of separate away from yeah, a lot of what's happening. Marcin, um, damn it. I just want to complain about stuff. Guys. I don't want to be- <laughs> <laughs> but um, I have to admit, I do disagree with you slightly, Scotty, on the end credits thing being lazy writing. I think I think there's other okay. reasons. But, but if that's how you feel, that's cool. Um, I, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think I can completely understand why people don't like it. Personally, I'm still digging it. Although, I. I do need to clarify something. When did they start adding end credit scenes to WandaVision? Because just like you, um, I didn't, for the first three episodes, I didn't, I kind of skipped the credits. And then it was only like okay. the last okay. few, I think I saw, oh, they've actually got an end credit scene. So I believe as of recording today, the most recent episode is episode eight, correct? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Uh, and yeah. Episode, yeah. episode seven and eight are the only one with post credit sequences. Okay. Okay, that's that's good. That's the only ones I've seen. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, and I can't. Mm, it's totally spoilers. I can't say why I didn't like the, the 
leading more towards why I thought it was lazy writing. I can't say oh, why. Okay. Definitely spoilers yeah. for some of it. Um, but oh, God damn it. I can't even say this. I didn't like the latest episode as much as previous episodes. I okay. can't say why. Fuck. Is it too much exposition for you? I miss it's vague. more no. sitcom references than this episode right. had. Okay. Uh, uh, even that's treading lightly around spoilers. So yeah. yeah, I mean this. I mean this whole show is honestly like I don't think they were planning to make this like a multi-season show. It feels like it's just this one section where they just want to use a way to tie it in with their next batch of movies. I don't think there's going to be other seasons. Oh yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, I think this is one and done, and like this is their. And I think their theme is multiverse, like the next series of movies, just everything's multiverse and, you know, a clusterfuck of different characters and universes and all that stuff. So, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm going to tread lightly with this, um, but she, Scarlet Witch. Okay. And I, people are saying that this is going to tie in mostly uh, of all the movies coming up. It's so easily to tie it in with Doctor Strange and what was it called? Um, Multiverse of Madness, yeah. which makes sense with certain characters. I can't even yeah. say that. God damn it. Um, <laughs> Let me just say this- spoilers. If you don't like spoilers, don't listen. <laughs> I don't know what to. Graham, you need to come up with a graphic or something that just has spoilers across the thing as we're streaming so that if okay. somebody comes in like right after I say spoilers, I then can't say spoilers. But I can avoid spoilers. Um uh, oh, thank you, Anti Chris. He says, "Don't worry, Scotty. I have no idea what you're talking about." Um, <laughs> thank you. No, but Multiverse of Madness um, and Doctor Strange. I'm I'm probably most excited for that movie coming up out of all of them because it is supposed to actually be a horror movie. Um, and p- there's rumors flying around that because of the name Multiverse of Madness, Spider Man Three, that this series now WandaVision is setting up things for Doctor Strange's okay. next movie as well. So if that's true, then I'm super pumped and ready for a cliffhanger of this series. If it doesn't, I don't know. I don't care. Whatever. I'm still going to enjoy it. But that's just the rumors flying around right now. Yeah, I guess we'll see. We we, we yeah. shouldn't be get outraged over something we don't know yet. You know? <laughs> Are you like, God damn it, if this happens, I'm going to blow my gasket. <laughs> yeah. That is how I live on the internet. How can you tell me otherwise? <laughs> Uh, oh, and uh, Antichrist asks in the chat, isn't this the start of the next giant Marvel arc? I think so, because I think Spider-Man Far From Home was like the end cap of that yeah. phase or whatever, and this is supposed to be phase fucking, what are they on, four now? I don't even know. I don't even know. Yeah, I think it's something like that. Yeah, three phases, and this was like one overarching saga, and now it's a new thing. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I did, did they establish like a main villain, like how they had Thanos? No, I don't think they did. That's kind of what they said, what uh, Mr. Haru was saying. is like, I feel like overall this is a zero-point series. Like, this is the long intermission that's mm-hmm. going to set up like the next. Oh, for I sure. I mean, we're... I'm, I'm pretty sure anyone who's read most Marvel comics is in agreement that the, they did Thanos, okay, and the Fantastic Four movies were just pretending those don't exist. So the next big baddie is obviously going to be Galactus, right? Where, where does Black Widow fit? Because wasn't Black Widow supposed to come out like a year ago? Like, I, yeah. does that tie into anything, or is that just like a prequel That's thing? That's a prequel thing. 
Well, it must be a prequel thing. I feel like even with like stuff that is prequels, they always use it as a way to tie it into, you know, the other Marvel movies, Mm -hmm. you know, like it goes into future or brings up things that they will discuss in the next one. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's probably, it's probably going to be a baddie who turns out to then become the next baddie for the main series or something, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Very snakier, you know, but with Black Widow. Yeah. I don't know. Black Widow. I know Black Widow is a prequel, obviously. Um, like you said there, Graham, as well, and chat just confirmed it is a prequel. Mm-hmm. So, but it was supposed to come out in 2020. That was how 2020 did not get a Marvel release. Is that was the yeah. only thing I think they had planned, sort of, or had announced they had planned for 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, but that kind of also shows just how important that movie is that they went ahead and just released WandaVision anyway. Yeah, WandaVision goes first, Black Widow, I don't know, somewhere in August or something. <laughs> I honestly don't. Like, Scarlett Johansson's a decent actress, but. I think she is the weakest link in all of the MCU major okay, players. It feels like the background isn't as interesting. I don't know. Like, yeah, well, secret agent, was, Russian. This is like, she's yeah. She's not okay. convincing to me as a Russian insane assassination person. I mean, no, huh. she, if she's good in her role. I just, I, I just, as a character, I don't think it's as interesting as, like, Wanda, I think is super, like, I didn't, I even didn't consider Wanda, like, as a super interesting character besides, you know, she suits red lasers and, and all that kind of stuff, but yeah, I, I, I'll honestly like, uh, I'll admit, like, I didn't look into her background. So you know, like, bringing all this stuff that they've discussed, I think, makes her much more interesting in my eyes. You know, I guess characters just need a TV show to to collect <laughs> out their character. All of yeah. them. You know what it is, uh, what it is, and God damn it, I can't say this either because it's spoilers. Fuck me. <laughs> What it is, the reason the MCU is so successful, other than it's making it family friendly and everything, is if you compare it to the Resident Evil movies, their defense of why the Resident Evil movies the way they were is because those games were made to be movies, essentially. Like, those games were made to be horror and monster films, but they change it up so much because they don't want the fans to just basically watch it beat for beat and know exactly what's going to happen. They throw enough stuff in here that, like, if you know about this whole story that's happening, I guess has already happened in the comics and like Wanda's kind of created this thing, but the fact that it's happening this way and still surprising people, even fans, but certain things are happening that are making them think like, Oh, I know what they're going to do, but they still switch it up enough that it's not like, okay, I thought they were going to do this, but that is not what I Mm -hmm. thought was going to happen. Does that make sense at all? I guess so. Yeah. Um, Although I think with the Resident Evil movies, it's kind of ruined the franchise a bit. (laughs) Like I, I, Uh, I <laughs> I enjoy the Resident Evil movies to an extent, but I I kind of just forget they're Resident Evil movies. I'm like, this is just a zombie movie to me now, uh, sort of thing. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, I was going to say something, and now I can't remember what it was. Never mind. Um, probably something. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was yeah. just gonna because I thought of something else that reminded that made me realize I don't know anything about these two characters, like what Marson said. But I've played certain games. And I've had to do research that I learned about. I know about one of the spoilers and I'm not as surprised that it happened. But at the same time, it's like, oh, they're going this route. And it's like, oh, that's a deep cut all of a sudden. And okay. like other stuff. But I I know enough, but not enough that I'm going to know exactly what is going to happen with how they're incorporating things. Wow. It's so hard to talk about this goddamn show. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just remember what I was going to say. Yeah, I was going to say uh, for Scarlett Johansson, uh, Black Widow. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I she, to me, she's always been one of the more interesting characters. Like, uh, from because from, I feel like she has got a very dark past, which we're always going to find out in the 
the prequel movie. Um, and the fact that she doesn't have any abilities compared to like everyone else on the Avengers team. Um, like for Hawkeye, to me, I, from my understanding, Hawkeye technically doesn't have powers either, but he is just, just crazy accurate. Like he can shoot things without looking at them and be perfectly on target. It almost feels like he does have, does have powers, but with her, she is just very much just a badass. She knows, she knows martial arts. She, she can manipulate people and stuff. She's got like those assassins or tactics and qualities. But, um, yeah. Yeah. I don't think she has any otherworldly powers. I, Hmm. I, I think, fuck, I don't know that much about Hawkeye. For some reason in my head, I remember hearing at one point he gets like super, some other enhancement that's not just accuracy, but I don't remember. Okay. Cause like speed or hearing or something. I don't know. Okay. I, I don't know. Um, it just, it just seems like he does have, even from my understanding, he doesn't have any powers. He's just a very good shot with a bow and arrow, but it's, it's, it's so ridiculous at times that, yeah, like in the first Avengers movie, he like literally just like fires an arrow that way and like gets someone straight in the head. It's just like, okay, this guy is just too good almost. <laughs> but, um, yeah, anyway, yeah, I'm interested for, um, the, the Black Widow movie and also to see where WandaVision's going. Cause yeah, I'm not going to say anything, but after the last episode, I can understand why you put like, why you weren't as keen on it. But I feel like it's, it's, damn it. Yeah, I can't say anything. Um, I feel like it's going, it's going somewhere. I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah. I, my disappointment in it regarding sitcoms, I understand because it's the inevitable progression of this show and, and mm. everything. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. They got it. The thing is, though, and the reason that they, there is a rumor, I think, mainly that there's going to be a, a secret final episode. They have a lot to tie up in what has been no more than 30 minute episodes. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised they haven't made the episodes longer, to be honest. I think they could be longer in a way, but. 100%. Yeah. Cool. Um, what else have we got? Sorry, we actually did have a question this week. Oh, what'd you oh, say? Yeah. I was about to say, what else have we got? Like in the mail sack. <laughs> Hell yeah. EJ in the discord uh, hey. said, I would love for Sega to release something like this, meaning the Blizzard Arcade collection. I would love for the games on the Astro City mini. Ooh, wait. Yeah. Astro City mini to have a console release in the West. What Ooh. are the chances that Sega does something like this? So I think they're asking, what are the chances that something like what Graham is holding up right now with the arcade mini, which is a micro-sized, uh, Astro City cabinet, arcade cabinet, essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and what are the chances awesome. to have a console released like, uh, not a console release, a console game release like those collections? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 50-50, I think. I, like, I, 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 I could see them doing it, and I could see them not doing it. That seems like a cheap answer, but... Uh, I don't think it's completely out of the realm of possibilities just because they did have the Genesis Mini, talked about the Astro City and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> so, I mean, and they've done collections before, you know. I, I don't know about, like, what specific games maybe we'd see in the next batch, but I think it's completely possible they re-release, you know, mm. another collection. They, I mean, they did the Yakuza collection. I guess that counts, right? And uh, <laughs> yeah. To an extent, you know, yes, but yeah, yeah, but but like in terms of like more unique titles that we'll discuss later in the in mm-hmm. the in the show, I don't know about that, but I think it'd be an interesting thing to do and take a page out of Blizzard's playbook that they just did. I think it would, it would be good for them to do that, uh, and interesting to see what they pick. 
I think it could be. And I think sort of to address the chat, because uh, Tentative 2 asks, uh, I kind of, I guess a question, kind of a question for you, Graham. The Astro Mini is cool, but isn't it pricey? Happy Dude says 150 to 200 I think. Is that, do you, you remember? I can't actually remember how much it costs now. Oh, God. Um, so, I, do you I remember if it was on Amazon. Amazon Japan, I pre-ordered yeah. it like a year ago or something when it first announced. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm trying. I was trying to find. You can't actually buy them anymore, uh, other than like through third parties. So I was trying to look up how to get it. Play Asia has it for like 150 bucks. Um, mm-hmm. But what I was going to be towards with that uh, was I could see them releasing what was on here in a digital collection just to maybe make up for lost profits. If the arcade, if the physical minis didn't sell that well, because that's how many games, do you remember even how many games are in that Graham? It's, uh, I, I can tell you what's it. The answer there is are yes. 37 <laughs> games. Holy there. crap. Um, even so, though weirdly every news site said 36 games, but there's actually 37 I've counted them. It says on the box. There's 37 games in there. Um, that's weird. Yeah, it's really bizarre. Um, I wonder what game they the, all the websites uh, left out. Yeah, I can't remember. 37th game. can't remember. Um, annoyingly, the, the box is all in Japanese. So I can't even read out all the games to you. I have to yeah. go to a website to find it. What a it. bunch of assholes. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Um, I think that... But that... I, wait, wait. Hey, that's all, folks. Um, <laughs> I think that, that could be a reason for them to put it out digitally, but at the same time also increases the desirability. What am I trying to say? Like, I'm trying to justify the price of that thing, and I'm trying to think of a reason that they would not do it digitally or a physical just on-disc thing as opposed to making up for loss of sales. Yeah, I don't, I, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, like, unless I, if you're if you're appealing to a specific market that love collecting and physical stuff, maybe they they would see more uh, a lucrative possibilities by having uh, physical things like the arcade cabinet or like a physical game box because yeah. there is money to be made in that field. But, but I don't be, know because it's because I've sort of stopped making it and stopped selling it. It's kind of for the 60th anniversary thing that there there is no they won't make any more money from it. Like they can't. Like if they kept making the system, hopefully more people keep buying it. So I don't know. Well, how in, how intuitive is that Astro City thing? Is it is it like is it is it cheaply made or is it is it well? I'd say it's well. I'd say it's well, made. well made. I mean, it's made of plastic, which is well, fine. He, it's quite it's sure. very solid. It feels very solid. The actual stick solid. The then how do you solid. play? Because I feel like I got big hands. So like just putting my oh there you go. You get a control. <laughs> you can buy a controller as well. Um, you can also oh, buy nice. a slightly bigger actually. Um, they've got an Astro Mini City arcade stick thing as well, which is smaller than the original arcade stick, but bigger than this thing. That you can I feel play. like you nearly really need to squint on that screen. Like, is that a small screen? It's <clears> not too bad. You, you can you can happily play it on this, um, but it has got HDMI output, so you can plug it into a monitor or TV. You can also plug in other USB controllers if you don't have an extra controller. Um, it's it's yeah. two player as well, so you can plug in two controllers. So it, it's actually a very good little machine. Um, the games on it are really good, really fun to play, very solid. Um, yeah, I, I'm really happy with that. That's like, unlike the Game Gear Micro, which was kind of just like a curiosity and like a what the fuck have I just bought? That's actually a genuine mm-hmm. thing. I'm like, this is a really cool thing to have. So yeah, I'm cool. really impressed with it. Um, yeah. Uh, um, I was going to say that uh, in the in the Twitch chat here, um, 
uh, it's brought up that, well, you did do a little unboxing of it and a review for it, I believe. I'd never I actually got the review out, annoyingly. Um, so. um, but, uh, the arcades, oh, I'm sorry, TJ, I was thinking of his, he did, so you, you did an unboxing of the mini itself. Yeah. TJ did an unboxing and kind of a teardown of the, the joystick. Yes. Uh, Jesus, the arcade stick, the actual fight stick that they mm-hmm. released with it. Um, whereas I think you got the fight pad. Grant. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and potato, potato everywhere, people. But um, the I kind of want one of those arcade sticks, though, because they're just n- well made. And mm. for someone that won't pick up, I probably won't ever get the full Astro Mini itself or a actual Astro Mini cabinet. But I really like the the color, the vibrant colors and the circuitry look um, of the stick itself. So yeah. I personally, if I found one like in the wild, I would probably snag it and then get one of those Brooks converters so that I could use it on anything. Cause I just really like the look of those, the color scheme and everything. What's Brooks converter? Uh, Brooks converter is, um, a converter that lets you use almost any arcade stick on any console, essentially. Oh, okay. uh, correct me if I'm wrong on that anti-Chris. I know you and Corey have them. I think TJ got one. I, I just remember like literally before the marathon, because we play uh, those that have sticks, we'll bring them to the marathon to use on the fighting games. And I remember that like right before it, both Corey and Antichrist bought Brooks converters. And after that, the store was sold out <laughs> oh, <laughs> In prep for the marathon. So, um, but no, those are, yeah, go check out our YouTube channel. Um, hmm. Thank you. Happy dude for trying to throw that in there. A Brook converter has peripherals that allow you to play arcade sticks on older hardware. Okay. Right on. So you could use that with like essentially the games that it was made for, since it's mostly retro games and stuff, um, system uh, okay. specific. Chris says, but yeah, what were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> we have actually gone off. To, yeah, we talked about the uh, the Blizzard collection. No, was it? No, no, we weren't. We were Astro System Mini Console. Just yeah, I, sorry, I'm yeah. sorry, we're a Blizzard collection. Just then, but we, we were talking about if Sega could release something like Blizzard, and then we delved into collections and then specifically the arcade city or astro city <laughs> yeah um sorry i'm re- i'm trying to catch up with the chat because they're giving us info about it but uh the um they're saying that also the the people that sell the brooks converters sell the pcb internal to the arcade stick that will allow you to play most modern consoles so uh, okay they're long and the short of it is there are ways that you could get the astro city mini arcade stick accessory and use it with current or older stuff. And that's kind of what I want to do. Okay. I, I, I do wonder if you can just use it on modern consoles because it is USB. So I wonder if the magic of modern technology and USB makes it just work on modern consoles, but. Uh, oh, a PS4, like you have. Sorry, Scotty, oh, you no, froze for a second. What was the last thing I said? Sorry. You went, you said, um, you said, um, <laughs> helpful. Thank you. Um, so the, <laughs> what I was saying is like the way to think that, no, it's not going to work with every modern day thing is you have to think that you have to plug in a PS4 controller into the PS4 that has like the touchpad and all that other garbage with right. it. So it might not be just that any USB thing plugged into it will work as a controller, if that makes sense. I, yeah, to an extent, but I feel like arcade, like fighting games and stuff, even on the PS4, would only use those handful of buttons. You wouldn't have all the extra fun, you know, motion control and touchpad and stuff. So I don't know where the PCB comes into play. Right. Okay, uh, I don't know I'm what gonna... I'm talking about. So <laughs> okay, um, 
But my understanding for the for the Astro City Mini, from what I read, um, is that you can plug in modern USB controllers to work with the Astro City Mini itself, if that makes sense. So, like PC controllers, you can plug into it, and they will work. So, yeah, I don't. I, in my head, I assumed it would then work the other way around, but maybe it doesn't. Um, but I think I tr- tested out this controller on my PC for an emulator, so I think it worked. So. But I don't. I don't know about. I don't know about on the Xbox or PlayStation. Basically, maybe that won't work. For like yeah, those games. Um, printed circuit board is what that stands for, but it's essentially the actual circuit board used for classic games and Ooh. stuff. So I guess that's you need a different PCB for some things, maybe. Yeah. Um, interesting. More to know, and you should check out those videos because. I'm talking out my ass at this point. <laughs> cool. But that's yeah. all I got. I only got a couple of questions though, but thank you guys. That's these always spark conversations. So definitely, yeah, definitely. get them in whenever I we'll try to get the request for them out earlier. I apologize. I've been slacking on that and do it like literally the day before we record and stuff. Um, but oh, I'm sorry. You know what? Uh, this is uh, unless you guys had anything else to say um, about. I was just going to touch on EJ's thing and just say. I, yeah. I don't see the Astro City Mini console itself coming to the West, but uh, it would be awesome if Sega did actually release the games digitally. Um, I'd be, I'd love that, like a little digital bundle on Xbox and PlayStation and stuff. Yeah, I will second what Marson said and said it's a, probably a 50-50 shot. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. Depends on how things sell, depends on how, depends on what other people release and if they see uh, a market for it, I guess. Cool. So yeah, I guess that does it for the mail sack. That's going to do it for the mail sack. Awesome. Cool. So we're going to take a quick sort of three, four minute break here now. But afterwards, we are going to come back in with our feature topics. Um, one of them, we're actually looking at um, what, say, kind of along the same lines of what EJ was talking about, actually. Uh, what sort of classic arcade franchises or what classic Sega franchises would make a best combo pack in the vein of the Blizzard arcade collection. So if you've got any suggestions or any questions you want to throw in the chat, drop it in and um, yeah, we'll, we'll get on it. So we'll bring that right back with all that nonsense. Fantastic. Cool. See you in a moment. Uh, I need to, Oh no. Ah, I've just lost the link to to bring up the thingy. Be be right back. Hello and welcome back, everybody. Yes, uh, we're live. We've had a quick break and a quick pit stop. But we're going right into our feature topic this week, which is um, what three Sega Classic games or arcade franchises would we think would make the best combo pack? Um, wait, I need to do the intro. I forgot about that. It's time for our <laughs> feature intro. There we go. Awesome. <laughs> uh, I always forget to do any intro things. But yes, uh, so this comes off the back of Blizzard. So if you don't know, Blizzard recently announced and released their Blizzard Arcade Collection Pack. Um, and we discussed it briefly last week in our last show. Um, but yeah, essentially this this is a little collection which contains the first three games they ever released, which is Lost Vikings, Rock and Roll Racing, and Blackthorn. Um, and I have to admit, it's a bit of a weird title calling it the Blizzard Arcade Collection, considering... None of them were in the arcade, and they're not Correct. really arcade games. <laughs> so yeah, Lost Vikings is like a puzzle kind of platform adventure game. Um, Rock and Roll Racing is a uh, isometric racing game. Scotty sort of mentioned it earlier in the show, and Blackthorn is uh, it's kind of like flashback or Prince of Persia. It's like quite a slow paced adventure game. 
Um, you are this like you're actually this Native American with a shotgun walking around caves and underground places and stuff. Um, and it's, named Turok. Yes, <laughs> it's like the the original Turok, basically. And <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, these were already some multiple platforms. So Lost Vikings was on Super Nintendo and Mega Drive or Genesis. Uh, Rock and Roll Racing, also Super Nintendo and Mega Drive Genesis, and Blackthorn was on the Super Nintendo and the Sega 32X. Um, but yeah, they, um, and the Blizzard collection has all this extra cool stuff in it. So they actually include both versions of each game. Um, they, uh, apparently also introduce extra content as well. Like they have a definitive version as well that you can play, which introduces a little bit of extra content and stuff, sometimes merging two games together. This is from what I've read. I haven't actually played them yet. Um, Scott, you may be able to tell me otherwise. Um, but yeah, they've got loads of other standard things you t- tend to get with games. So like you can rewind your gameplay like 10 seconds, save and load your games. Um, interestingly, you can actually watch playthroughs of Blackthorn and Lost Vikings because they're actually quite challenging games with the puzzles and stuff. And then you can jump in and play at any point, which I think is an amazing idea. Like you, you don't really hear of that, like, ever. Um, so well, that did just happen with a cap. Oh, shit. Hmm. Another collection. I think it was the Capcom collection. Something else recently came out oh. that did incorporate it, though. That's not a brand, brand new thing with this collection. I own the Capcom collection. I don't didn't realize that. Was, I, but I haven't played it that yeah, much, I have to admit. So I, <laughs> mate, I have to check that out, because um, I do own that collection. You'll uh, be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, that sounds fun. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, they added other things as well, like localization for up to 12 languages, um, and other stuff like new songs for rock and roll racing and enhanced multiplayer for some of the games like Lost Vikings and rock and roll racing. So, so yes. So, but what we want to do is, uh, look at if Sega were to make a bundle like this, which three games do you think would make a great pack? Uh, so I think we're going to give out a couple of choices and stuff. Uh, I'll start with, uh, I'll start with you. Uh, let's start with Martin, actually. Marcin, right. what would your what would your bundles be? Or what would what would you see? I wouldn't I wouldn't stick to three games. I feel like it would need to be more than just three. Blizzard's okay. in a unique situation because I feel like most people identify themselves or them with you know Diablo, World of Warcraft, mm-hmm. Overwatch, and like I guess I think that maybe they called it arcade because it's so I don't know different from what you know most people normally consider blizzard i don't know but yeah it's a, it was a weird choice the name sorry to interrupt you but i think one of the reasons they might have named it this is because they are not all the same genre so i don't think they could have called it like the platformer collection or something you know yeah. classic collection would sound weird because i don't i don't know if i mean would people consider these games to be classics i don't know i mean what but, does classic mean these days some people just throw that out as like a retro another retro term for retro don't they it could work yeah. Uh, it's remastered but yeah some of some of like one i considered and i feel like they must have done this before but like a virtua collection where it's essentially a collection of all their titles with the word virtua okay. in it you know so virtua fighters let's say one through three we'll cap it at like you know the ones around dreamcast you know era and then virtua cop uh one and two maybe three virtua tennis virtua strikers Virtual Racing. I was going to throw in Virtual On because it was close enough, but no. <laughs> um, I think that'd be an interesting uh, bundle just because I feel like a lot of them, uh, I mean, it's Virtua Fighter, like they're currently in the process of making an esports focused virtual game, which I mm. think would be 
uh, it'd be a good way to reintroduce people to the series because the last one I think came out in 2005 and then they had slight, you know, reiterations as video or, you know, as, as fighting games do, you know, they have like third edition, fourth edition, you know, dead or alive five. I don't know. The big titties edition. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like, like I think it'd be a good way for people to get reintroduced to Virtua Fighter and, and just kind of, it, uh, get a more uh, better understanding of you know Sega's history and, and games that people have possibly forgotten about. Um, the other one that I thought about was just like three games on the Sega Saturn that people uh, also just it, my my theme is like people haven't really played these games, right? Okay. You know, and, and we've already had collections that are Sonic Gems collections, and that you always have the same six or seven Genesis games that they roll out. And I think it'd be important to highlight, you know, specifically Saturn, because I think in the West, the Saturn, most people don't don't look too fondly at the Saturn unless you're a Sega nerd like us. People kind of during that era in the 90s, they think PlayStation and 64, but not the Saturn. So I think mm. games like Clockwork Night, Dragon Force and Burning Rangers, like it's an interesting combination. But I yeah. think those three would be fun to have as a pack. Um, and then, you know, in terms of features and things like that, I always like the making of type things, maybe include like a mini doc packaged with, you know, these games, how they were created, give a background, you know, and the history of, of these games and how they were viewed at the time and all that kind of stuff. I'm always a big, big fan of a hmm. uh, proponent of that kind of stuff. Um, so those, those definitely. And then on a side note, since I am a big Shenmue fan and I like Yu Suzuki, there should be a Yu Suzuki collection, but don't include Shenmue because I think that that is its own thing, but include all his arcade classics that he's created and the other console games that he focused like yeah. Virtua Fire, you know? So I think that'd be, that'd be another good one they, they should include. So cool. That's right. me. Awesome. I, I, um, Yeah. I was going to say Dragon Force is an interesting pick because I, I really, yeah. I, there are so many games with Dragon in the name that I forget what that one is. Uh, but that's yeah, it's the, not the metal band. It's not you know through the fire and flames Dragon Force. It's a uh, it's, it's the a game. weird tactics game or what? How, uh, how would you describe the genre that it is? I have is my copy tactics? right here. I think Graham can do it better. Isn't it the one where it's like kingdoms fighting each other? Um, oh, it's actually been a long time since I played it. I know that you, when you go into battle, you kind of actually got your armies fighting against each other. Yeah, that, okay. So I am thinking of the right game. So it, what would you call that genre? Well, it's kind RTS. of a, it, it is kind <laughs> yeah. of an RPG kind of style game. Um, for memory, yeah. it's been a long time since I played it. To be honest, um, I never actually got that far. I was in a phase where I was buying Saturn games and playing them a little bit. And they go, oh, that's fun. Um, yeah, yeah. From from memory, I'd, I'd classify it more as an, uh, an RPG, but the, yeah, the it's, a, it's a, a real time strategy. RPGs. It's a real time strategy game. Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. I guess okay. the reason I wasn't sure is because real time strategies are usually an isometric view, yeah. and this one is a side view, and you have literally like thirty or forty characters on each side going at each other, like Wall of Death style in a in the pit of a rock show almost. Mm. Um, where but you have all your infantry and it's just it's crazy it was crazy to see that much on the screen for a video game much less that much and them all moving also yeah definitely yeah. um i need to pick up this game and play a game properly because yeah it's another like 
unsung hero of the Saturn library that yeah. if you I think it's up there in price too if you try to yeah, find it. Now. I mean my one was eighty pounds, as you can see there. Which, uh, yeah, I think it's the first time actually, yeah, when I picked this up, it was this was a few years ago I picked it up, but it was like um this is the first time I'd actually seen it available, like to buy. I was just like, okay, I'm gonna get it. Because, uh, yeah, I love the Saturn. I want to build up my collection. That's cool. Those are some good. I do think uh, something that happened similarly to your Virtua Bundle, Marson, they did do a Model 2 series on Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3, the PlayStation mm. Network, because they had they released yeah. Daytona USA, uh, Fighting Vipers 2, and my brain's gone. What were the other ones? Nights in the Dreams, which didn't make sense, but it was cool that they did that. Did, did you say Sonic the Fighters? Nope, I didn't. That was the other one. Yeah, that was yeah, the other one, Model yeah. Two. The Model 2 engine, which was which everybody saw with, like, Virtua Fighter and stuff, mainly. But, um, yeah. That would be cool. <laughs> That's a good set of stuff, and it would remind people that light gun games exist. Yeah, I mean, make it HD, throw in multiplayer in there, remaster, reimagine the soundtracks and all the games, include the original. You know, like, I'll, I'll check all the boxes that people like when you create a remastered collection, you know? And also, that making of thing, I do think would be interesting. Even a history of Saturn, I don't know, a general history of the Saturn. I yeah. think the coolest thing to see, because in the Blizzard collection, uh, what I love is the Virtua, Virtual Museums or whatever the hell they call it, which is like art books of the magazine ads and the box art itself. One of those things is literally someone literally took the box for Lost Vikings and like opened it up and unfolded it and flattened it down and took a picture of it. Because we were zooming in that we were looking at that when we streamed it Thursday night and like zooming in like, look, there's the creases. This box is messed up and tattered on this corner and whatever. Um, But I think... Yeah, that in that in mind, what they could do with your idea of a collection, Marson, is it would be great to see the full arcade cabinets that they had, and like maybe the different art that they wanted to put on the side but didn't, and like yeah. stuff like that. You know? Yeah, I mean, if if Sega did approach a collection like that, and I, I, like in terms of like uh, an extra bonus thing, you know, that people can do to unlock these kinds of things. I know some people don't like the Mortal Kombat crypt idea. Um, but I think it would be cool to have like a Sega themed, you know, crypt type thing. It's, it wouldn't be called the crypt, <laughs> but you know, it, it's, it's basically would be, you know, you would collect coins while, you know, either, you know, beating a level or, or fighting, you know, uh, fighting a match. And then you have this separate mode where you walk around as a, a specific character and then you use the, this currency to unlock, you know, like you said, concept arts, uh, music. Yeah. You know, all that kind of stuff. I think that would be fun. Just mm-hmm. just don't make it too loot boxy. Like you could you can make it in a way where it's it's not um what what would you call it? I, I don't even know the word. EA ish. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess that'd yeah, be one one word. Play, pay to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um idea. That's nice. cool. I didn't even think about that. Like an un like earn things to buy unlockables in the game would be neat. That would be cool. cool. I like I like Mortal, the Crypt and Mortal Kombat, so <laughs> I think yeah. it's neat. I mean, you could. I mean, you would. Yeah, you would use like arcade coins. So what? Uh, what's it called when you redeem your tickets and crap at at a? That'd at be a, cool. Like a give, like a re- gift, like a ticket redeem area where you yeah. get like a thousand tickets, but you get like you know it, it costs five thousand tickets for like a small plush toy or whatever. But do it for you know like like extra unlockable content. That'd be cool. Hmm. Now I want this to be like an arcade you walk around in and play these that games. That would be and then, cool. Like, 
Yes. Now I think we're coming up with a fun game, guys. For Marcel's virtual idea, it could be the virtual arcade, and then you go into a literal virtual arcade it writes yes. itself Sega come on do it we just gave you an idea we gave you that for free guys we got more ideas I'm getting visually and audibly angry because this will never happen and it's such a great idea <laughs> um, that one but I was going to say like you even like go up to the counter and redeem your tickets to someone that well if it's very Japanese then they're going to love life and be excited to help you out but if this was like an American, I want like a cynical guy with a Namco vest and he's smoking a cigarette and he's like yeah what do you want you want you want yeah. the airhead or the starburst or whatever yeah I want like a zit, a zit covered teenager that doesn't give a shit about what you're doing like untucked shirt backwards hat on I don't know and it's like what can so I get I, for I these gotta be the 90s and crap it's like I don't know a thousand ring or something yeah <laughs> yeah. Here you go, kid, and then just like throws yeah. a stuffed animal at your face. Yeah. <laughs> Mine was never that violent, but I think they they match the cynicism that you guys are describing. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, so <laughs> good. I want this now. They, they they in with the model or uh, no, not with the model two collection, but they had something very close to this with the um, Golden Axe and the Streets of Rage and the Toe Jam and Earl collections they released um, on the three sixty. It was like a bedroom aesthetic where you like oh. rotated, like went over to a different cabinet to play this game. Um, yeah, and it's also on the Steam, the Steam releases. Was that how it was on Steam as well? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, like when you because you, I think they released originally on the Steam. They they released each game individually, but then they released it almost as like you this virtual room you could go into and you can select. I think if you only buy like three of the games, you only see three of the games games on the shelf, and then you could if you buy more on Steam. But on the Xbox and PlayStation versions, they you just got all the games in a bundle, basically. Um, oh, I think you're talking about the more recent collection. I'm talking about the one before that. Because really? are you talking about the one that's in a kid's bedroom and you have the shelf of games and you play them on a TV? Yeah, is that not what you're talking about? Nope. Uh, oh. I'm talking about the one a generation before where <sighs> it only had on the 360 was it a setup of a game room with different arcades you can switch to or with Toe Jam and Earl, it was different TVs you switch to. The PlayStation got the shaft because on PS3, you just had games you select from a menu. But on 360, uh, there was the classic collections where you... Graham doesn't believe me. He's looking very... I'm looking at my shelf. Graham, it wasn't a physical release. I'm not talking about a physical release. This was all digital. Wait, uh, I, have I missed this? Did I miss an okay. extra collection? I think you have. I think like, there's, there's no way you can have. You're going to look it up, uh, type in um, like Xbox 360 Sega Classic Collection. Google that real quick, and you'll see they did Golden Axe, they did Toe Jam and Earl, and they did Streets of Rage. Um, <clears throat> I remember it was much cooler on the 360 because you had a, f- a physical room that you were in and you cycled through the TVs to pick a different game. But on Streets of Rage and Golden Axe, you cycled through a different arcade cabinet, and you could play the games. Um, and But for PS3, you did not have that room set up. It was just a list of games you choose from. So they kind of got the shaft in that in that UI. There was no not as much of it a UI as there was on the 360 so version. This is really not cool. the Sega Genesis Classics, no? This is something else. Uh, I gotta find it. Maybe it didn't get released in... I'm sorry, I'm gonna mute myself so you guys don't hear the clacking on my keyboard. No, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> no, we just wanna <laughs> quietly stare at you type on your keyboard. Yeah, because... 
Um, no, it was uh, it was only on XBLA and PSN. Maybe type XBLA oh, okay. um, to get the whole. Yeah, because I'm going with all the box versions of the game XBLA. Um, and oh no, I think I went robotic because I clicked on a thing to load the internet. Can you guys still hear and see you're me? Still, okay, yeah, you're still fine. Yeah, I'm still here. They say so. Uh, shit. It's about the Sega Vintage Collection. Yeah, that's what it's called. I own one of these, and I don't remember them. I just remember there being a menu. I don't remember there being... Maybe you had to buy the set of them. Uh, I'm going to have to find the actual... Oh, God. This is great for audio. Oh, I see. You see it? Did you find it? Is is it like... um... The, the screenshot I'm seeing right now, there's a picture of a Mega Drive of a TV on like a log, and then yep. next to it there's the arcade, which is an Astro City arcade, which looks like you can sort of rotate to that arcade, basically. Yes. Right, okay, now I know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, I Hell don't yeah. remember... Maybe I didn't buy the collection, maybe I just bought one individual game, because I don't remember... What's your see- problem? Um, hmm. no. <laughs> <laughs> huh. That's- I'm just kidding. I guess if um, I can still get these, I'm going to bloody buy them. Awesome. Yeah, the vintage collection. That's what it was. I'm sorry. I could have just, I didn't know there was that buzzword in there, vintage. Um, the vintage collection, the Sega vintage collection on 360 and PSN, um, if you go to them on the 360, and I think still on the Xbox One, you get a cool, uh, this was made by Backbone. Backbone did <laughs> really cool setups and layouts. Uh so when you go into the, I found it here. It is, yeah. There's a for Golden Axe one. It's an arcade cab. The second one's sitting on uh, like a crate with a three with a, a Genesis that you actually look at the screen of and stuff. Um, and then the third one as well. Um, I, I love things like that. I really that's what makes a collection for me is the time put into the UI, not yeah. just because anyone can just give you a list of games and you can play them. That's just an emulator. Um, yeah. So. Stuff like that is really cool. Um, yeah, building a, a virtual world or an experience around it than simply just scrolling and clicking play, I think, is, is fun. Yeah, right on. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, chat's going off about Mr. Bones, which is interesting because I incorporated that into one of mine. You'll see in a yeah. second. Um, but uh, I'm wearing a Sega Saturn shirt right now with a Japanese logo on it. Um, Mark in the chat there, Mark says, uh, looking at the Sega Saturn shirt, I remember Solar Eclipse, Knights, Assault, Bug, Shinobi Legion. Uh, he, they didn't say that, but throw all those in the collection and I'd buy it. Um, oh, yeah. So uh, kind of hopping from that, I could go into mine unless yeah, you want to it. talk about your program. You can go, uh, you, you go for yours first, dude. Okay. So one bundle that I had in mind was kind of with the Blizzard collection, they have a bunch of things that if you knew about them, you're a fan. Otherwise, like I just introduced Rock and Roll Racing to Corey two weeks ago, but uh, but I think you either people are either like, yes, Rock and Roll Racing, I played that for hours, or people are be are like, what are you talking about? That doesn't sound like a video game. Uh, and so that in mind, I think a cool bundle would be Forgotten Platformers on the Genesis. Um, but I feel like you'd have to have one that some people recognize to bring them to the collection. So I thought for one bundle, it could be Ristar. Pulse Man and Tin Head. Um, Ristar, I think people know of the little star with the stretchy arms that would grab stuff. It was one of like the last games to come out on the Genesis. And then Pulse Man only ever released on Sega Channel and I think the Virtual Console for on the Wii. 
I don't know that it has a physical release. Graham, you might be able to speak more about that. Do you recall? Did it not get released in Japan? Or maybe it was just physically released in Japan. Yeah. Pulseman very much looks like just a Mega Man clone. Um, I haven't played that one out of these ones. Tinhead was one that I picked up randomly because I just like, I like platformers and, it, platformers and it looked really cool. It's the aesthetic reminds me of um, Decap Attack because it is kind of a lot of dark worlds, darker colored worlds and stuff, uh, or themes like color schemes. Um, but you have. I'm not going to go into much detail, but I think like that one uh, is cool with just big sprites and like big enemies and stuff like that. Very fun to look at. Um, wow. Ristar is very colorful, great soundtrack. Uh, but I feel like these three games, like you either played them or you never knew about them because they didn't get the publicity that Sonic did, or they came out near the end of the Genesis life life cycle, so nobody cared about yeah. them. Yeah. So an interesting fact. Yeah, go for it. No, uh, Tinhead tin head. was only American. It wasn't in Japan or Europe. Pal areas. And okay. Pulseman was originally released in Japan physically, um, and then it got a North American release on the Sega Channel, as you said, and also on the Wii Virtual Console years later. Uh, so yeah, I don't think I have a box for it, but I'm holding up the Tin Head cartridge right now. Um, um, your, actually, your video has gone really down in quality, actually, Scotty. Yeah, Windows open or something. <laughs> it's like five tabs, and it just goes robotic. Yeah, let me help your, out your with audio that. is sounding fine, but yeah, your okay. yeah interesting f- fact about Pulse Man. Yeah, it was developed by Game Freak, and then they obviously later uh, some of them later worked on the Pokemon series. So oh, uh, very cool. nice, you know, little uh, jump from uh, Pulse Man to Pokemon. They <laughs> they really created a a game wow. there. Um, but yeah, really Pulse Man is one I would love to see in a collection. Yeah. That's yeah, so I think, yeah, I think those are good uh, in terms of get some unsung heroes, maybe. Um, and then my other collection is basically the Ed Annunziata best of or whatever, <laughs> um, or just because the Acid Trip collection. Yeah, I we think. sure could. Um, but I suggested <laughs> Echo the Dolphin Tides of Time, Colibri, and Three mm-hmm. Dirty Dwarves. Wow, because. Those are Colibri is one of the most expensive 32x games, Sega 32x games, and gorgeous. Um, it is a very aesthetically pleasing game. Uh, it's very strange. You are a hummingbird, and you don't. You're given no direction. Uh, oh, no. I recently tried to sit down with it and actually play the game. I probably should stream that sometime. Honestly, I, I yeah. probably should just stream my 32x games because I do have the ability to do that, um, and I have found some gems that way as well. Uh, but Echo Tides of Time, that's the one to get people to buy it, I think, because people recognize Echo the Dolphin, but get the one that not everybody has played, not the first one. Tides of Time is the sequel. Um, that was on Sega CD as well, so they could probably do, like, here's the Genesis, here's the CD version. I think it was on Game Gear, or maybe just I Echo so. and Echo Jr. Uh, on Game Gear, I can't remember. Probably should have done more research. Um, someone correct us in chat <laughs> if you're watching. Yeah, look it up. Uh, and then Three Dirty Dwarves is a side-scrolling beat-em-up notoriously difficult but it's three player and or you can play it single player and each dwarf that you play of as is a one hit kill essentially or they get knocked out you can pick them back up um has a long like seven minute animated intro that's really cool uh the story of that game is uh pretty much these kids that were a think tank like for the government are playing dungeons and dragons and somehow 
morph the characters from the dun- the D&D game into the real world and they have to save the kids from the government. That's the TLDR version, but it's a decent game. It's a challenging game, only on Saturn, so not many people know about it. I think PC as well, like in the time when like Sega started to just throw out PC games that were also on the Saturn, you know, or the yeah. Genesis. Um, and then, yeah, Colibri feels a little bit like Echo, but you are a hummingbird, and I don't honestly know the story of that game because I've played it for maybe two hours and still have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> um, You're a fucking hummingbird. A, that's the story. It's, yeah. so, it's such a, I, I remember playing that game thinking, am I actually doing anything? And I had to Google like a strategy guide and it's like, you do this and you do this and this sort of stuff happens. It's like, oh, so I am actually playing the game. I just didn't realize that. That was me with Microsoft Flight Simulator. I couldn't get the plane to land off the track. I'm like, am I doing anything? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like. But anyway. Yeah, because there's no, like, there's no HUD. There's like no HUD or anything to sort of indicate your life or, you know, points or anything like that. So you're just sort of flying around, bumping into enemies or whatever, and you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. But yeah, I love that game. So do you kill them or do you just bump into them? I think you can kill them. Like, oh, sorry, pardon me. (laughs) Sorry, when I say bump into them, I think I'm I'm not trying to remember. You have have weapons, but also it's hard to tell if the background is hurting you or not sometimes, or if it's an enemy, um, Hmm. or if it's your friend, or if you're just... It is the same idea of, like, you have your... The the school of dolphins in Echo, you have your... Um, flock of hummingbirds in Calibri that you're kind of protecting and in trying to fight for or something. Um, and so weird, but so good. all of those in mind, I thought an unlockable game for it could be Mr. Bones. Somehow you get enough tickets or whatever. And the chat was going off about Mr. Bones saying how weird of a game it is. Uh, it's a Sega Saturn game. Um, and, uh, Happy Dude says, Mr. Bones is a game with a decent story, but the damn mechanics were not on point. Yes. I streamed this game once years ago in the Saturn Marathon I did. Um, I don't know why Rachel loves it, but she just, <laughs> anytime she sees a skeleton, basically, she's like, Mr. Bones. And um, it's a weird game that every level has different mechanics and is almost a different genre. Because uh, there's like rhythm games, there's platforming games, there's you start with like not all your body parts and have to find the other body parts of your skeleton. Mr. Bones is essentially a blue eyed skeleton that plays guitar and other instruments. Um, and that's the story. I don't really know what the story is, <laughs> um, but that's another game that's so weird and unique that more people need to play. And I know not a lot of people know about it, but another Saturn exclusive um, really, you could just try to get Ed and Nunziata to sign off on this thing. Cause he made, um, Shikan, the Forever Man on Genesis. Oh, he did a Dungeons and Dragons game on Genesis, which makes sense why Three Dirty Dwarves lends to D&D so well. He did the Jurassic Park game on Sega CD. There's all the Echo games, um, the first Vector Man game, uh, Adventures of Batman and Robin. I'm just basically reading off the list on Wikipedia here, but his games were... Uh, a lot of them were challenging, and I know that in an interview or something, he recently said like he made the first Echo game challenging so that people could not rent it in a weekend and beat it. They would either try to buy it or they just rent it over and over to beat the game. Um, so yeah, really just most of his library, I think, mm. should be put on a collection because it's some of the more expensive and sought after of the Sega libraries um, between Colibri for some reason, three dirty, three dirty dwarves is up there in price here and there. It fluctuates, but yeah, I think those could be thrown on a collection and it would be yeah. cool. 
that would be awesome. Yeah, I think Calibri looks gorgeous, like the the, yeah. the art style and whatnot. And when I saw it on Google, it initially just showed me the gun, Calibri. <laughs> so oh, wow. yeah, it's a, it's a it's a pistol. So the next, you know, the updated version should just be a gun with wings for Western audiences. <laughs> That's basically yeah. what that hummingbird is. A gorgeous but, game. <clears throat> I mean, um, he shoots and explodes things, right? <laughs> yeah. It's one of those games that were made for the 32X because the thing that they tried to tout so much with the 32X was how many colors it could display. So games like Tempo, Calibri, um, the the JRPGs on there just look incredible, but nobody played them because they were on the 32X. Yeah, sadly. Man. Um, just a quick update on Echo the Dolphin Tides of Time. It was available on the Genesis slash Mega Drive, the Sega CD, the Game Gear um, in all regions, and the Master System, but in Brazil only. So I assume that's a Tech Toy um, yeah, was one, because uh, Tech Toy do amazing things and bring stuff to Master System because it's one of the bigger selling consoles over there. Uh, Probably so, was yeah. pretty much the Game Gear game on Master System. Mm. So, yeah, um, so my, my bundle, I actually sort of got three bundles. I'll try and go through them very quickly. So one of them I, w- I was thinking of would be an arcade one, which would be like an arcade racers one. And I would be looking at Sega Rally because I feel like that is one of the, you know, synonymous big arcade uh, races that Sega did. And also Sega Rally is probably still my favorite racing game of all time. Um, another one would be Outrun 2 because again, Outrun popular franchise, but also Outrun 2 is such a bloody good game. Uh, that's well, yeah, that is also one of my favorite races, actually. Um, and Scud Race, um, because actually, I need to double check this, but from my memory, that's never been released on anything other than arcade. Um, I don't know if anyone else can correct me on that. I'll quickly do a quick search. Uh, so to clarify, which Sega Rally do you mean? The first oh, Sega one? Rally 1. Sorry, just to clarify. Oh. Sega Rally 1, that is my favorite. I th- Sega Rally 2 is good in the arcade, but I don't know. I, ooh, we should be raided. Hey. hey. Gamer, another new uh, member of the staff is rating us with a party of two right on. Hey, nice. Um, Everybody, Ram's researching stuff. I'll fill you in on what we're talking about. Blizzard Arcade Collection recently came out, so we're deciding what Sega games could be thrown into something like that. Graham just mentioned Sega Rally, Scud Race, and OutRun 2. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, Scud Race was only released in the arcade, and I feel like it'd be great to actually have a... Uh, the ability to play it outside of the arcade. Um, I mean, it's an old game now. Uh, it was released in 1996. It was also called Sega Super GT in North America. But oh. yeah, um, it's a beautiful looking arcade racing game. I've only ever seen it once myself. Um, I think I got to play it very briefly. I can't, it was years ago. Um, but it's, it's one of those arcade games that just looks so good. Even today, it still looks fantastic. And I just think it'd be one of those games that, you know, to, Draw people in with Sega Rally and Outrun, but then get them to play Scud Race with it. Okay. You got Daytona in there. See, I feel like Daytona, see, Daytona you can get on so many different platforms. I'm like, I'm going to put yeah. that to one side. I'm putting it to one side for now. Like, um, but That's what brings people in. Will, not, will Sega Rally and Outrun not, not bring people in, do you not think? Uh, Outrun might, I guess, yeah. I, I'm just trying to think of like... The reason they called the Blizzard Arcade Collection that was because people know Blizzard. But they, if they said like the Rock and Roll Racing Collection, I don't think well, that this would sell as well. This would be like the Sega Arcade Races one. Branding, branding. Can we make this a T-shirt? Can we put this in action figures? <laughs> oh dear. Well, maybe we can make some action figures of the next bundle I thought of, which would be the Saturn Platformers bundle. So a bit like Marcin, uh, I'm I'm thinking Clockwork Knight, Bug. And a style, 
um, or Astol. I don't know how you pronounce it. But um, I call it Astol, but that's me. Astol, like Astol, Astol, Astol. There's three ways to pronounce it, I guess. Um, but yeah, so um, these, these, I don't think any of these games would actually be really eye grabbing to a lot of people unless you're a big Sega nerd. Um, but Clockwork Knight, I think, is a very solid platformer. Bug, I think, is a hit and miss game for some people. I really enjoy it. I know a lot of other people don't enjoy it so much, but I think it's very unique. You don't, there's no other game I've actually played like it, really. And then Astal, or Astal, or Astal, whatever, um, is, in a, in a similar way to like Calibri is a beautiful looking game, but it's, it's, I mean, there's, it makes more sense than Calibri, but it's, it's one of those gorgeous satin platformers. It's really hard to get, but I think actually sort of shows off how good some of the games were on the console. Uh, so I feel like that could be like the, the underdog as it were for this little bundle. And, yeah. um, and then I've got another little bundle, which I would call like oh. the Dreamcast bundle. So I was going to comment. Oh, go, go, go ahead, comment on it then. Fine, yeah, go for it. Um, a stall is a great example of how Sega did not know that they should be going 3D with the Saturn and that they planned on keeping things 2D and continuing with platformers because a stall mm-hmm. looks and plays great, but it was like already outdated by the time it released, if that makes sense, because yeah. everybody was ready for 3D and they didn't care about 2D as much. Yeah, which is, is a shame because it's, it's a gorgeous game and if you go back and play it now it plays brilliantly and it just looks fantastic and it, um, it, it has like a, an assist mode it's like one and a half player because second player or second you can pick up the second controller and control his little bird buddy flying around i didn't know that so hooray nice i'll check that out if i can yeah, and I mean. so my my bundle three would be my uh dreamcast bundle which is more of a mix of genres and i am thinking of toy commander because i feel like that's a very understated um dreamcast game i freaking love that game um metropolis street racer because i also think that's a very understated racing game and it basically started the whole project gotham racing series um it's made by the same developers and the same concept so that's where project gotham on the xbox originated and uh echo the dolphin defender of the future uh mm. I, I feel like the echo title will probably draw people in but that's another game i think is gorgeous but also very hard and challenging and it's just very different to pretty much any other game you can get on the dreamcast yeah, that's like open world ocean open ocean open world in the ocean game <laughs> <laughs> it's the open, ocean. open ocean versus a closed ocean like yeah. uh sea world Man. but if you haven't played echo open defender of the future it, the, the game and story is so good like um just the way the, the way this whole story progresses, there's, there's like, like 40-odd levels or something in, in the game, so it's actually a pretty long game. It's well worth the money if you can pick it up, and it just looks gorgeous as well. But I'd, I'd love for them to add for these games, like um, sort of online multiplayer if they can. Again, I love the idea that you guys had about like sort of documentaries on how this game was made, for example. Like Metropolis Street Racer, there is documentaries oh about it I've seen online. There's so I much detail that went into that game. I would love an interview with Ed Nunziata because his games are so fucking <laughs> nuts. I would love to hear what his inspiration was for any of these batshit insane ideas. Yeah, I agree. I was looking at a hummingbird one day and I was eating a Pop-Tart and that hummingbird <laughs> tried to eat my Pop-Tart and I thought, there's a video game here. <laughs> I wanted to shoot that hummingbird, but you know, I actually want the hummingbird to shoot me and that's where Calibri came from. Uh, yeah, I would say, say, Graham, I, I like your bundle three the most because it is such a wide variety of genres with toy commander being mm-hmm. like a military 
fun, colorful first third person shooter thing. Then you've got a racer and then you have an adventure game. So very different. Yeah. I think that's probably my, that's what I had to do. Cause I was like, actually, that's a good bundle. I'll go for that one. Um, and if there's yeah. any way they can add on my multiplayer to like Metropolis Street Racer, they probably can't, but that would what be. What the hell would the cover of that be? Like a dolphin riding a car with guns on it? <laughs> the Dreamcast Clusterfuck Collection. Yeah, a, it'll look like a twisted metal cover. A dolphin riding a car with a giant kid holding them because of Toy Commander being the kids like controlling everything. That's going to be this podcast cover, by the way. It will be a dolphin in a car with a gun. If you can draw that. So, actually, maybe I can Photoshop that up. Let's try it. These put yeah, sunglasses on Photoshop. the dolphin. <laughs> sunglasses on the dolphin. Give him a mohawk for all I care. Um, yeah, the focus is, is Sega Collections. Then we just have Eco the Dolphin with a gun and then in a car. So I think it really encapsulates what we're trying to talk about. I mean, that's why Shadow was the greatest hit and it sold so many copies. So there you go. <laughs> That's true. Uh, and then we actually did, unless you, did anyone have anything else to say? I was going to mention a, a bundle that uh, Marks said in the chat. Go for it. They suggested throw Altered Beast, Golden Axe, and Earthworm Jim into mm. a three-game bundle. So, okay. uh, and, uh, open world in the ocean game. O-W-O-G is a new genre. They also just said in the chat. So, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of part of the OWOG genre. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> so I think oh, if we, so let's recap just for people that came in. I think the best bundles we had, Graham, we said yours was Toy Commander, Metropolis Street Racer, Echo the Dolphin, Defender of the Future. My favorite from mine is Echo Tides of Time, Calibri, Three Dirty Doors, Unlockable mm-hmm. Mr. Bones. Yep. And then Martin, you had the Virtua bundle, which had Virtua Fighter, every one of them, Virtua Cop, every one of them, Virtua Strikers, Virtua Tennis, Virtua Racing. Virtua, everything. Yes, I think that'd be a good collection. Yeah, that's cool. Actually. But above all, I want a Virtua arcade where you access all of these and walk around and like experience them. And then you can make it online because you find your buddy walking around and you're like, hey, let's play some Virtua Cup. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. Make it happen, Sega. Damn it, this needs to exist. <laughs> Why doesn't one of us work for Sega and make this shit happen? Come on. <laughs> That's all video game development is, right? We just come up with an idea and they poop it out. Yeah, basically. that's There's nothing else involved. <laughs> Financially, that's, it's a winner. No budget, yeah. Oh, man. Exactly. Oh, dear. Love it. That's really good. Um, cool. Um, do, I, do, I, do, I feel like we are actually running out of time, so we may, not, we may have to hold off on our next topic. What do you guys think? Yeah, other topic we had we thought we were going to try it for two today everybody but i think we're going to save it um yeah. so we'll just do a little taste of uh what if you could make a if sega made a board game based on one of its games what would it be so we'll talk about that another time yeah maybe next, next i think yeah i think next week if we can we'll, we'll talk about that next week so have a good thing think about what what's how what's well, yeah. as, as Scotty just basically said, if Sega made a board game based on one of its games, what would it be? Like, have a think, think about the actual game and how it would work in the board game as well. Because I feel like if we can make it as realistic as possible, maybe it'll happen. Probably won't happen, but maybe it'll happen. Uh, yeah. It's the pipe dream. This is the dream world we all live in at the moment, basically. Dreamcast. Dreamcast. Oh, dear. Uh, an ocean world that we all live in. <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, so I guess 
<laughs> it's the OWOG world that we live in. Um, I'm going to use that OWOG term, though. Thank yeah, you, Mark. I think to, yeah. It's OWOG. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Mark. <laughs> so that's such a good... Uh, okay, so yeah, with that, that does actually close off our uh, feature discussion. There's, there's nothing else in the, the chat. Is there about any of the other games? Any other suggestions or anything? Uh, no, just people want more Mr. Bones in OWOG. Cool. And Mark mentioned Solar Clips a couple of times, so I'm actually have to Google what that game is because I've never heard of it. So I think that's a shmup, if I remember correctly. I, mean, I was, was going to say I was going to Google it afterwards, but may as well do it now. Um, while I'm doing this, Scotty, are there any announcements or anything for the website at all? Um, that you've got? Um, I will announce things for streaming, and we'll let Marson talk about maybe what's going on on the cool. site because I think he's got a better idea. Um, but the sorry uh we stream a couple days out of the week monday sundays is today that's what we do the podcast on uh mondays tj usually does fantasy star online 2 or something else whatever he's feeling thursdays we've got the thursday night throwdown which is a multiplayer community-based thing we invite people in or maybe just go at it in four player or something uh and then friday graham you and chris have been doing stuff or more lately you've been doing yeah. your own dream stuff and so, then yeah. uh yeah <laughs> If it's Chris and myself, we normally try to play. We're playing for the campaign of Halo um, on legendary mode and dying quite a lot, but it's kind of fun. If Chris isn't available, I am streaming Dreamcast games at the moment. So last week I, I've been streaming Speed Devils, but uh, also last week I stopped that and did uh, Xenocider, which is a recent Dreamcast release, an indie release, and I'm really digging it. And I may actually play it again next week, see if I can actually play it, like complete it, and unlock some more of those awesome game modes. Um, and I've actually just looked up Solar Eclipse and now I really want to get this game. This game looks sick. Like it's a, it's like a 3D, um, space shooter, which I never, wow. Uh, I love those sort of games. Yeah. I'm going to check that out. Thanks, Mark, for even mentioning that game. And, uh, yeah. So, Marcin, any other sort of announcements or anything you want to make? Just some housekeeping stuff. Uh, Just letting you guys know, uh, we still write news, so check out our website. We also have a preview up on Guilty Gear Strive. Uh, One of our writers did a review on the uh, infamous Sonic the Hedgehog Curry, and there's also a review on Dragonborn, so that's what we posted out this week, if you're curious. And and also, uh, yeah. the, the, you got to got to it's got to announce it that the hot topic news that's uh, Sega related about uh, Sonic the Hedgehog's composer making a cat's toilet. Uh, so oh, check, uh, yeah, check that out <laughs> if, if you're interested. <laughs> you just heard, that's what happened. So yeah, check it out <laughs> on the website. Yeah, don't forget about the uh, self flushing cat toilet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a thing uh, check it out you, you have to read it to believe it uh don't forget to subscribe to our patreon uh it's patreon slash megavisions and also if this is the first time you are listening or if you've been listening for a little bit uh follow us on twitch and subscribe if you can so that's it and hop awesome. in the discord i shot a link in the chat there um if you guys want to hang out with us and talk more yeah Pretty we're good. a multimedia company so yeah we want it thinking. all so I did find someone playing Echo the Dolphin, so we're going to go ahead and raid them. I'm not sure if Brilliant. they're talking, but they're doing stuff. So Awesome. So, yeah, thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for watching. Uh, thanks for chatting. So, yeah, uh, catch you hopefully next week and uh, be excellent to each other. Yeah, take it easy, guys. Anatinomy. We're going to go raid them. They're playing Echo. Have a good week. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Honey, I got to tell you about this sandwich.